Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. How do you pass up the opportunity to spit blood in Joan Baez's face? Face, face, face. <laughs> Hey, what's happening, Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Let me welcome all of you, all of you listeners, all of you longtime listeners, people who've been with the show from the jump. 11 years we've been doing this podcast. Some of you have been here from day one. Some of you were with me uh, before that, actually, at Never Not Funny. Some of you just arrived, and that's the, you know, this is a special treat for you guys, which means it might not be a special treat <laughs> for the people who've been here for 11 years. Let me... Uh, let me tell the people for 11 years, uh, there's going to be, there's a, uh, there's a show attached to this. Like uh, I, I've brought back a show from the past. I've brought back a show uh, that I don't think has ever been used as a, as a rerun. And I thought about this because here's the thing. I'm doing Twitch. Do you know what Twitch is, folks? If you don't know what Twitch is, I'm going to tell you about it right now. If you go to twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy, I'm on there playing Vidya games. Vidya. That's what I call them. I'm playing video games for the masses. Uh, a lot of you are regulars. A lot of you are there all the time. A Scott, a Ruben, a Tanya, a Kiki, a Christy, a Jason, uh, an, another bunch of people I'm going to forget and they're going to be mad that I forgot. A Ruben, a Jeremy, uh, let's see, a Radio Rob. He shows up. A Travis Barbecue is always there as well. These are fun people, nice people, podcast people who've been with me forever and they are over at the Twitch channel. They've populated, they've migrated over there and they sit there in the chat room and hang out with me and give me advice and tell me what to do. Tell me who to shoot. Our friend Derek from Twitter has arrived. Uh, all of these people are cool as hell and by that I mean you people because what am I going to say? You suck? That would be terrible. How rude would that be? Uh, because I don't think that. I think you're great and I think you've allowed me to have a platform here and also on Twitch and you've supported it and that makes me very, very happy because the Twitch thing, man, that was a fucking shot in the dark. I was always being told I should do it and always going, well, I don't think so. Uh, whatever, because I'm a fucking child and I don't want to do new things. You know me. It's not that I don't want to do new things. It's just that I, I get this kind of a creeping self-doubt imposter syndrome. Nobody wants to see me do that bullshit thing that comes lurking into my skull. Uh, and I have to fight it off. And I'm able to fight it off with all of you people standing there side by side, astride me. All of you are just there right now, ready to battle in your fucking tartan plaid print and I'm, I just look at you with a blue face and I go, I'm going to go pick a fight. And then I ride my horse directly into the Twitch people and I start fucking killing things. Um, so thank you to everybody who's made Twitch, uh, who's given it momentum. Like I said, I don't want to say success. And it's also this thing where uh, I don't want this to turn into me just talking about that all the time. But I mean, you know, I talked about Uber when I was doing Uber stuff for a long time, but I haven't been in the car for a while. Uh, I've been trying to get Twitch underway. So I've been kind of giving most of my time to that. And uh and I thank you, and I thank everybody who's who's helped. So this is a show for the new people, 
Because here's the thing, Twitch people, there are a lot of new people that are jumping in and they're following me on Twitch and they've subscribed to the podcast and some of them have written me in private or followed me on Instagram and uh, and they're downloading the podcast. So, uh, you know, the show now is in it, it, it it's been through so many different incar- uh, incarnations. You know, now it's me talking in my apartment with, uh, with a microphone uh, at the very desk that I Twitch at. I will tell you that. Um... But it wasn't always this way. In the beginning, I had producer Eric, as you know, and then I had producer Lily Von Stupp, who was here for nine years, and she fucking held it down and did a fantastic job. Uh, and by the way, yeah, uh, Lily's great. She and I are still friends. She was just recently sick this past week, but she, of course, we're still very close, and, and I love her, and she's great. Um, but new people, you know, they, they come in, and I say, hey, man, go to the... It's daunting. That's the bottom line is it's daunting. I'll say, hey, man, go to the YouTube channel and uh, and and there's 11 years of archives and people are like, what the fuck? 11 years of archives. Like, where the fuck do I start? Because and also there are shows that are like fucking just crazy, blazing, funny. And then there are shows that are personal. And then there are all it's all it's, it's been a journey. Like I said, it's more of a book than a movie. That's why this is always called like, you know, I think this is episode 26 comma year 11. It's always like a book. It's always like a chapter. Uh, it, it's not a podcast. Well, it's a podcast essentially, but it's more of a, a literary experience than a cinematic one. Despite the fact I'm painting such vivid pictures with my mouth. <laughs> How fucking stupid am I? Feel free to tune out now. I wouldn't blame you. Um, and also let me tell you, I'm, uh, I, <laughs> I'm a little out of sorts right now anyway, because I had a dude, I just fucking wolfed down. Here's the thing. I went to a deli. All right. And fucking, you know what? Delis, delis are a young man's game. They are not for me. They are not for the elderly. I, I can't, I mean, the elderly can work there certainly. Cause that's who was there. I walked in and there was like this old man and he was fucking cool as hell. And the deli was his namesake deli. We'll just, we'll, uh, let's just say it was like Joshua's deli. And he was Joshua and, uh, and I saw his name lit up in the window. And so it was, and cause that's true. I was, I was hungry and I was like, all right, what am I going to do? But I knew I had to come cause it's Monday. It's podcast record day. It's a work day. So I had to come home and I had to record and I'm like, all right, what am I going to do here? Uh, but, and, and so I, there were I, all these different places I drove by, I was running errands and doing things. And then, uh, I pulled up and I, I saw right out of the corner of my eye, Joshua's deli lit up in neon. And I went, well, fuck this. I'm going there. I've never been there. That seems like a joint. So I pulled in. And you park in the back. You walk in the back door. And it was and it was fucking old school. I mean, you ask about old school. This place makes fucking knockwurst. And I think they make it homemade. Like they have their own fucking, you know, that, that thing where you walk in and, there, and the tuna is just, uh, it, it, the tuna could have been made that morning or it could have been made in 1956. Like you have no idea. You don't know what kind of a chance you're taking. He had this fucking hot box behind the counter. And I walked in and like, there's nobody in this fucking thing. It's a ghost town. Joshua's Deli is absolutely fucking vacant except for me and the aforementioned Joshua. So I walk into the joint and he's in the back. Uh, I only know this because I walk, I have to come in the back way. So I basically walk past a bunch of empty fucking cardboard boxes and a half open shitter and I fucking walk through. And then he follows me out from a storeroom in the back. And he's like, hey, my friend. I said, hey, how are you? And he says, good. Why are you hungry? You look hungry. And uh, I go, yeah, and he goes, you're a big boy. You must be hungry. And I'm like, oh, all right. And again, old people can get away with that shit. All right. Old people, old people can go, hey, what's up, fatso? And you're just like, hey, how you doing, buddy? Because they're old, man. They get that thing where they can say whatever the fuck they want. It's like comedians. Franklin Najai does that bit where he's like, hey, man, I'm a comedian. I'm crazy. I say anything. Uh, and you use it to get out of whatever situation that you get in trouble for because you wind up saying anything and it fucking made people upset. So, uh, 
So Joshua comes walking. Hey, big boy, how you doing? You must be hungry, huh? You come here? Is your first time here? And I'm like, it is my first time here. I go, I was, I was, I'm hungry. I saw your sign, and uh, I go, so credit that sign for getting me in the door. And he's like, oh, I, I'm so happy. And I go, and I, I have to ask a question. Do you credit card? Do you take credit cards? So I barely, I don't carry cash anymore. And fucking, I'm finding more and more businesses don't have cash. And by credit card, I mean debit card. I'm not, I'm not fucking Joe Credit. But uh. But I so I said, you take credit cards. And he makes this face, like this scowl. And he just kind of looks at me. What what do you think? This business is old-fashioned. Of course I take a credit card. I go, no, no. I go, it's just a thing now where people don't want to pay the fee, so they don't take the credit cards. He goes, no. I goes, I have machine right here. And he points at it. He's all proud. He's like, I have machine right here. And he holds it up. I said, fantastic. I just wanted to make sure before you started making my sandwich. He goes, what do you want? What do you want? What do you come to eat today? What do you want to eat? We have everything. What do you want? I said, well, I'll tell you what. I think... uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the menu. I go, I think I want a hot sandwich. He goes, oh, perfect choice, my friend. Perfect choice for you. He goes, look over here. And it's a hot box. And he opens it up and just fucking steam bellows out. And he goes, we have we have the corned beef. We have pastrami. We have uh, we have brisket. We have cold. We have hot. We have whatever, whatever you like. If you want some cold, we put some cold. And if you want some hot, we put some hot. And I go, no, I, 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 go, I don't want to mix them up. I said, I don't want a tornado on my sandwich. Oh, you make a joke. Very funny, big boy. It is a very funny man. You should come in more often. I go, I well, I'd love to. I just saw the sign, though. All right, well, I'm just telling you. You got the hot or the cold, whatever you want. You want the, you want the sandwich? Uh, you want the pickle? We got the pickle. We, would, uh, whatever. we got the potato salad. He says, sandwich, come with the side. I, great, great. I want a hot sandwich. What Which we which we want? You want the combination? Do you want everything? I go, yeah. Uh, you know what? Give me what Joshua would eat. And he, <laughs> he looked kind of taken aback, and he leans back a little bit, and he just goes, I'll do you right. <laughs> so I said, all right, cool. So he goes, what kind of bread, my friend? What, what, what would you like? And I said, uh, well, I would want rye, but what would Joshua want? Joshua wants rye. So he takes the rye out. Mayonnaise, mustard, my friend. I go, yes, absolutely. Just fucking load it up. Mayonnaise on one side, mustard on the other. I said, I want onion. No, I like a lot of onions. Onion. Oh, I say it's tomato. It's fine. And uh, oh, but oh, my friend, we, uh, wait, we, do, you can't decide what meats you want. I said, well, I, like I said, hook me up. It's my first time here. Bring me back in the door, Joshua. Oh, my, fr- of course, my friend. I would happily. And he goes over to the hot box and he pulls out all the meat, all of it. I mean, fucking pastrami and brisket and fucking corned beef and and I mystery whatever there might have been a fucking monkey head in there I got no fucking idea but he just pulls it out and he starts shaving fucking slices off by hand by the way and by shaving I mean cutting two inch fucking slabs there's nothing fucking there's no moderation at Joshua's Deli ladies and gentlemen shunk 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 he's just cutting fucking slabs he looks he it's just what does it look like it, it looks like belts he's cutting me pastrami belts He's cutting me brisket belts. There's a goddamn corned beef belt that I'm about to fucking try on. It's that thick across, baby. He's slicing it up, piling, slicing, piling, slicing. Do you like a lettuce? I love lettuce. You love and you want more onion? Yes, uh, please, more onion. Oh. First first time he's shown any like anything where he's upset or betrayed. I go, what, what? What's going on? Oh. I only have this much onion. He holds it up. I go, that's fine. And he goes, but it is, is purple onion for salad. Is it you, is okay for sandwich? I go, I, Joshua, please. I love onions. I like any color onion. Please put it on the sandwich. It, it may change the, the sandwich, the way the sandwich tastes. I go, I understand that, but I like onions. I don't mind. Well, all right. I be, be a customer is always right. I go, yeah, absolutely. Here in Joshua's Deli and everywhere else, the customer is always right. He goes, but I will tell you this, my friend. 
I would not eat this onion. And I, I very conspiratorially too. I was just like, uh, or, I mean, is he warning me that I'm going to get food poisoning from food in Joshua's deli? I, I don't, I don't want to perish in a sandwich eating flame. I don't want, I just, so I, I looked at him and I said, wow, really? Is it, is it spoiled or something? And he goes, no, but you said to make sandwich the way Joshua would eat sandwich. I would not eat this onion. It's still okay. <laughs> this guy fucking took it to heart. And I'm like, I'm good, man. You know what? Mike will like the onion. So get make it Joshua's way, but throw Mike's onion on there. And he's chopping this onion. And I will say this, as, as thickly as he sliced to the meat, uh, he decided, you know what? I better chop up this onion in twice as large a fashion. <laughs> so I thought I had fucking meat belts. Uh, I, I, I had a fucking, I, I would only call it like, it was like an onion fucking cinder block. I mean, it was like sliced that far. It was like, what are you doing, man? Why is this so thick? I, cause I guess I said I liked onion, but I like a lot of onion. I don't want a fucking huge thick slab of fucking onion. I mean, chop the shit up, but he, you know what? He, he, I wasn't going to stop him. He was, he had fucking momentum at that point. So I can't really see what he's doing. He's holding up the, you know, he's holding up the fucking onion. He's going lettuce. And that, you know, we're all having a big fucking conversation. He's like, do you want the soda? And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I want a soda, you know, cause I will tell you this, um, uh, February 1st, I weighed in and, uh, I lost five pounds in January. So I weighed 356 on, on February 1st. And that is, I, that is not any real effort on my part. I lifted three times a week. I did cardio a few times. But the main change I made was I had no fast food and no soda all through January. So that was a five-pound change. That was enough to be five pounds. Even eating chocolate and fucking garbage potato chips with less frequency, but still eating them. Uh, so February, I, like I said, 10 pounds a month is the goal. I lost five in January. I'm going I'm to be okay with that. Uh, but, but he said, you want a soda? And I'm like, I really don't, but I was in a deli and, uh, you know, they didn't have Coke. I mean, they had Coke and Sprite and all that shit, but then, you know, they had dark doc Browns and that New York seltzer stuff. And I'm like, you know, you're in a fucking deli, dude. What the fuck? And it's not hard for me to talk myself into that kind of shit. So, uh, I walk over, there's a doc Brown's black cherry soda. How the fuck do you pass up black cherry soda? And I will also tell you this, when I get a bottle of soda, whether it's a fucking cherry Coke or a black cherry soda from Dr. Brown or a Pepsi or whatever the fuck. I'm good for drinking half of it. I'm going to drink maybe half the bottle, half the can. Uh, and, and that's the most. I will. I might wind up drinking like three sips, three or four sips. Unless it's over the course of a long thing. Like I went to the, I went to a, I watched the Super Bowl on Sunday. I'll, I'll tell you about that in a second. And, um, and I had a, a Coke. Uh, I had one, I had two Cokes over the course of the fucking, you know, seven hour day or whatever the fuck. Uh, but it had, you know, I got to drink them over the course of an hour and a half because I can't, I can't drink soda like I used to. Again, like deli is a young man's game. Soda is absolutely a young man's game. I used to fucking dude. One time when I was a kid, I fucking went, uh, to my aunt's house. I think I told the story in here before. Maybe if I didn't, Hey, you're new from Twitch. So here's a great story for you. Uh, it was one of those things. My aunt would have the fucking pig roast. You know, she'd have a huge party and my, my aunt had a fucking air hockey machine and a, a, a regulation pool table and a, and a regulation pinball machine all in her basement, uh, and TVs and fucking, and she had a fridge in the basement that had nothing but soda in it, nothing but soda. And it was like unsupervised. So if you were a kid, you could just go in there and drink all the fucking soda you wanted. They didn't care because they had coolers up top and they had a wet bar and beer and all that shit. But then the soda was on fucking tap, man, basically. And by on tap, I mean, it was just free. It wasn't on tap, but there was soda in this fucking fridge. So I would go down there and I would just fucking, I would drink soda as fast as I could. Like, I, and so that was, you know, I was a chugger as well. 
So I, I would go down and drink soda, go down and drink soda. I drink, I would drink, a, I had to be 18 sodas. By my, and this is when I'm fucking 12 years old, 13 years old. I'm walking down there, I'm chugging soda, I'm drinking soda. We're playing games and drinking soda. I go and grab a soda, but I didn't have a soda in my fucking hand. I was thinking about having a soda in my fucking hand. And then one day I went there and it was a summer day and we were fucking, we were rocking, we were outside, we're playing volleyball. We come in, soda, air hockey, soda, pinball, soda, sandwich, soda, ribs, soda, everything, soda, fucking soda, back and forth, soda, chugging contest, soda, watch how fast Mike can drink a soda, soda, and watch how fast Mike can really, you can't do that again, can you, Mike? Oh, I can, watch this, another soda, and uh, all of a sudden, that night, I, I, I was crippled by the worst headache that I've had in my life to this fucking day, to this day. And I guess that was a caffeine headache. I've heard those exist. That must have been what it was. My tiny body could not process it. By tiny body, I mean just young, undeveloped body. But I was fat. But uh, but not fat like I am now, but fat for a kid. And, and fucking, I had, to, I had to go into a dark room. That's how fucking bad my head hurt. Like, I, I just couldn't. I didn't know what it was. And the rest of my, like, the rest of me was fine, like, from the neck down. But my head, it just, it was this intense throbbing sharp pain in both my temples and behind my eyes and I was like what it hit and it hit me out of fucking nowhere it wasn't like oh I'm starting to feel bad it was like wham like fucking Mjolnir fucking Thor just threw it and it bashed me right behind my fucking sinuses and I went down to a knee and I'm like what the hell almost like you know Spider-Man when he first gets his spider sense and I had to go in their basement, they had my aunt had a sewing room, and off the sewing room there was a back closet, and that's where the water heater and shit was. And I literally, I just went in there and sat in the dark room, slumped against the fucking wall. I mean, I, I until it went away. I tried for it to go away. I sat there. I didn't know how long it was, but I sat there till we left, and uh, and it, I, it was still in me on the way to on the way home. But it was finally gone by the time we went to bed. But holy fuck, was that crazy? I could I couldn't move. I was like paralyzed by it, insane. Um. Now, did that stop me from drinking a million sodas the rest of the time when I grew up? Of course it didn't. The thing that stopped that was when I had that fucking surgery, and now I can't, I can't drink the carbonation so much. That's what it is. I got to drink it over an extended period of time. But, but, you know, when you got a Dr. Brown's black cherry soda, all thoughts of caffeine headaches and, and all that shit goes out the fucking window because, you know what? I want a bite of, of the Joshua special with a mouthful of fucking Dr. Brown's black cherry soda. That's the deli experience, man. So uh, I grab a black cherry soda. I come back. He's still fucking making his masterpiece. And he turns around and he goes, oh, my friend, you are going to be, I can't, I don't even know. I don't know how you're going to do this. And I, and I still can't see the fucking thing because he's looming over it. Takes a knife and he cuts it in half. And he turns around and he goes, whoa. He goes, here, this is for you. And uh, he pulls it apart and it's seven inches high. Gotta be six inches high with the bread on top. I, I mean, there is so much fucking meat on this thing. I don't even know. It 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 may have honestly it qualified as its own animal. Like it was it, it because it was a weird amalgam of pork and beef. It was some kind of hot fleshed pig cow with with fucking a, a thick onion hat. I mean, it was just this. It was monstrous. It was so fucking big. And he goes, oh, he goes, uh, you're going to need help to carry this to the car, I think, my friend. But, uh, but a big boy, you're a big boy. Big boys like to eat big sandwiches. I know you want a lot of meat, so I put a lot of meat in there. This, and, and then he puts it on the scale. It's fucking two pounds. A two-pound fucking sandwich. 
And no, granted, one, well, a pound of that was onion. Clearly a pound of that was onion. But still, he goes, oh, he goes, two pounds. He goes, that is my new masterpiece. That is my new no, my new biggest sandwich. But big boy like you, you can eat big sandwich. I go, ah, you know what, Joshua, man, I, I don't know if I can, uh, seriously. And he goes, no, no, it's fine. You take home, uh, or you eat here, you eat here. And I go, no, I'm, I'm going home, dude. I'm, I can't. And he goes, okay. And I go, I hope this doesn't tip my car over like in the Flintstones. Oh, <laughs> my friend, you have to come back. You have to come back to Joshua because oh, you are so funny. All right, thank you. And he rings it up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fucking 20 bucks for a fucking sandwich. And cause that's another thing about the deli. You know what I mean? You don't, you don't, you just order a fucking sandwich and you don't see the number of the price. And then, yeah, they fucking trick you the fuck out with a fuck ton of meat. You know, they give you the whole goddamn barnyard, but then they go, Hey, by the way, that's $20. You're like, Oh, holy shit, Joshua. No wonder you can still be open with nobody in this fucking place. You've been selling knockware since world war fucking two at those prices. No wonder you stayed afloat. Jesus. Fuck. Um, but yeah, so I, I, he put it in a bag and then he goes, wait, oh, I forgot. You want potato salad? You want macaroni salad? Or do you want coleslaw? I said, I don't, honestly, I won't eat this salad. I go, this sandwich is far too big. And he goes, no, you give it to a neighbor. Tell them about to Joshua. And then he can, he come back. And I'm like, I, dude, I seriously, I will not eat it. It's a waste. If you give it to me, it's a waste. No, I'm, you have, you must have, I, I must have given you, you take the plea. All right. Okay. Um, you know what? I'll, and I looked and, and it was that same thing again. We're like, there's macaroni salad, there's coleslaw. And there's and there's potato salad. They're all mayonnaise based, and they're all lurking in the display counter. And you ever see those places where you walk in and there's like a signed headshot from Frank Sinatra? He may have been served this coleslaw. Like I, I, it just had that thin, crusty veneer on the top that it hadn't been stirred since the Nixon administration. Uh, and, and I just, I in my brain, I'm like, I can't, I don't, you know, because I won't eat it. I know I won't eat it. But I also, he's being so nice. Please, my friend, you must take it aside. Once you have it, you know, with the sandwich, it's so good. When you have sandwich, potato salad, or macaroni salad, it just, that's why. Because there's so much more mayonnaise in the salad, it helps with the sandwich. I'm all right, okay, okay. I said, I'll have the potato salad. So thankfully, he reaches in and there's pre made potato salads. He doesn't scoop it out of the ancient tub. And he pulls that and he goes, oh! I said, what? He goes, pickle! I said, oh, yeah, I, you know, there's no pickles on the sandwich. He goes, no, you get pickle. I forget. How do I forget pickle? And I wanted to go, well, because you're sitting in the fucking storeroom by yourself with no customers. That's why you forgot the goddamn pickle. And also, he's like, he's he's been open forever. He, he's telling me the story. You know, they've been here this long, and he's fucking, because he's easily 70, this cat. Might be 75. Uh, full head of white hair. Little little gnome guy in a fucking apron. Just He just belonged in a deli. Like, I don't even think he was born. I think he was literally formed out of the crust from the old coleslaws and he just came to life. He was just this sentient being who was sent from old deli turkey wrappers and uh, and baked beans and knockwurst piles. And he just he just somehow formed in the back room. They're like, oh, you work here now. Gave him an apron. That was it. He's just he's just a fucking <laughs> he's a pile of prosciutto with a fucking white shock of hair. And uh he goes, pickle. And I said, all right. Yeah. He just, he emerged from the brine one day. So he, he goes, oh, I get you a pickle. And I, you know, you go to these delis, they give you a fucking pickle spear and that's great. He pulls out a, an entire pickle. Like the, the one that's not cut. That just looks like a midget cock. You know what I'm talking about? That fucking, just that big knobby fucking thick half a fucking policeman's billy club, half of a fucking track lighting light bulb you know what i mean just that thickness that big around he doesn't even cut the fucking thing he just wraps it in like a paper towel and he jams it in my bag i'm like all right man thanks dude i mean i i appreciate it and uh and he's like come back to see joshua i'm like i will i for sure i've got to you know and i know i gotta wolf this down because i i it's monday it's record day so i gotta record um 
And so I, I get home here and, and I, uh, you know, I unwrap the fucking thing. I had, I had to put it in a bowl to unwrap it because I didn't want any shit to go falling over my goddamn fucking floor and a plate wouldn't contain it. I had to have, I had to have lipped edges because I couldn't contain all the meat. And then I got to bite the fucking thing. So, and and, and look, you're, you're, it's a hopeless situation to try to eat that fucking sandwich. It's a fucking, it's rye bread. So it's square. It's not like a thick bun. It's not a baguette and it's not a roll. It's just, it. and when you put fucking mayonnaise and mustard and then the fucking juices from the hot meats, you know, it's, it's the kind of sandwich you leave fingerprints in when you pick it up to eat it, which is good. I like that. I enjoy that. I like that the bread becomes part of it, but good fucking luck biting this thing with any sort of fucking consistency. So I pick it up and shit's hanging out. It just, it, it's got, uh, and all the meat's hanging out the side. It literally looks like the side view of a kennel and all the puppy tongues are hanging out the holes. I mean, it's just fucking total meat hanging out the goddamn crust. And I, uh, and I, I pick it up and I try to bite it. You know what I mean? And then I get a, then you get that mayonnaise face, you know what I mean? And mustard on your tongue. And then there's, I, then I unwrap the pickle. I just stared at it. I looked at the pickle. I wrapped it back up. I threw it out. I threw the potato salad out and I wound up eating maybe half of this fucking sandwich. I just, I threw away a pound of meat. I'm not even fucking kidding. I don't even think I ate half. I just started eating. Cause again, the bread is a fucking, I didn't even eat the onion cause it was useless. I mean, it's, it's good for him and his effort and what he wanted to do. And I'm glad the neon sign brought me in the door and he seemed like a genuine person. And look at the fun we've had talking about our friend Joshua here, but at the same fucking time, dude, I couldn't eat it. I couldn't. And, and, uh, and so I did the best I could to shove whatever I could into my face. And then I'm picking up scraps of meat. You know, it's that kind of sandwich you should be eating with a shovel. And I finally, when I'm full, cause it's, it's meat, it's, you're not, you know, it's not like you're just kind of eating some potatoes and some vegetables. It's all, it's just a fucking fist of meat, just a goddamn gut punch. It's just waiting for you, man. It's, it's lurking. And that's the kind of sandwich that waits in an alley at the dark. And then it takes your fucking wallet and laughs. I mean, it just fucking hammered me, man. Um, and I'm biting it and the bread is squished and, and soggy and falling apart, but it's warm and it was fucking delicious. I will not lie about that. Come on, man. How, how can hot pastrami, hot corned beef and hot fucking brisket not be delicious? And in each one is distinctive. Not there, That's the one thing, too, about that, that kind of meat. It does not go. You're not like, well, this could be this or this could be this. No, fuck you. Hot corned beef tastes like hot corned beef. Hot brisket tastes like hot brisket and hot pastrami. There's no confusing it. You can't be like, well, this could be corned beef or pastrami. Fuck that. Each bite, you get a taste of all three meats and you know it. You'll fucking know it. So I bit the sandwich as best I could and it's fucking falling apart. It's all over the goddamn place. It looked like I played 52 pickup with a fucking, with, with a bunch of fucking raw meat that was fucking just cooked up. And, uh, so I guess it wouldn't be raw and, uh, dumb. And then I saw I'm picking up scraps and I'm eating that as much as I can. There's lettuce kind of just lurking. I mean, the tom- I, 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 ate, I will admit I ate the tomatoes because the tomato takes the edge off the fucking meat, you know, because those meat, that meat is just fucking aggressive, man. It hammered the shit out of me. And it's juicy and it's greasy and the, the tomatoes are helping with the acid. And then you just, it, it's that, it's that sandwich when you're finished, you just, you're like, I gotta, I gotta take a, it, a lap or a nap. That That's, that. <laughs> That's exactly it. it. That sandwich, I, I would, I would even, if I opened a deli, I would call it that, a lap or a nap. Holy Jesus! Because you just, you don't know whether you want to go and work it off or just lay down and wait for it to claim you and die. It was fucking crazy. Um, and like I said, I threw away a fuck ton of it, a fuck ton of it. It was, it was insane. So, and that, and that's, and that's a good. 
hour and a half ago. I already talked to David on the phone. You know what I mean? And so, and so I, I even told him, I, go, I just threw away all this meat. He's like, you got to save that for another sandwich. And I'm like, you have no idea. I don't know if I'm ever going to eat another sandwich the rest of my life. After that experience, I enjoyed the conversation. It was fun. I enjoyed trying to carry the fucking thing into my house and getting my neighbors to help. But, but, when, but when you choke that down and when you're finished, you just, you just smell... I smell like I went down on a cow. I mean, it's like, you know, just that greasy, beefy face smell with juices all over your hands. And uh, and then the mayonnaise, too. You get that mayonnaise, that, that kind of tangy smell. Oh, dude. So I just, I fucking submerged my face. Like, I'm not going to take a shower. I thought I should. But then I just went, I just ran super hot water. And I just poured soap in my hands. And I'm just washing my face in the sink like a fucking hobo. Who does that? Fucking who washes their face in the sink? That You know, do that? Children and hobos. That's it. Hey, wash your face before you go to bed. Or, or if you're a hobo, you just, hey, I got into the bathroom. I got to do something to wash my face here. I mean, grown people wash their face in the shower. But holy shit, was it brutal. I, I, I So now the deli is a young man's game. I come at you now telling you I'm full. I'm still full. I don't, I don't want to eat for the next two days. And I only ate fucking a half of it, maybe a third. But good for Joshua. He fucking, he, and again, that's the thing. That's the curse of being a fat guy too. People see that you're a fat dude and they're just like, hey, uh, I got to feed this guy. I got to give this guy a fuck ton of food. You want it? Wait, you want extra bacon on there? No, I don't want extra bacon on there. I'm a human being. Hey, man, what if we put a birthday cake on that sandwich? No, that's fine. I appreciate you thinking of me, but I'm going to pass. You know what, dude? Take some cookies. I don't want any cookies. Here's a pickle. No. If you give me a pickle spear, yes, I'll eat it. You give me a full on fucking midget cock pickle. No, thank you. Uh. But good for Joshua. He's a good man. He tried to feed me, tried to take care of me. And I should be happy and, and that people are looking out for me. Good for them. Uh, um, all right. So, hey, new Twitch people. There's me talking about a sandwich for fucking hours. Uh, so that's the thing. So today I, I give you a taste of what we're doing now. And then I give you a taste of the past. So I'm going to play a show here. Now, for, let me go ahead and run. The, I'm going to pl- let me run the plugs for you real quick, too. I'm going I'm to do this. Uh, if you're not on Twitch, follow me on Twitch, please subscribe on Twitch if you want to. If you're a Twitch Amazon Prime person, you can do that. It costs you nothing. And then you become a Twitch Prime subscriber. And I get like five bucks, which is perfect. I need that five bucks. That buy, that'll buy me one fourth of a sandwich over at Joshua's Deli. I need it. Uh, one fourth of a sandwich, which is a pound of meat. Uh, <laughs> so please if you go to twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy, follow along, subscribe. If you would, uh, if you follow, you'll always know when I'm on, I'm on Tuesdays through Sundays. And I go on about three o'clock in the afternoon. Usually, uh, the only time it changes is when I get to a split stream, stuff like that. But I'll always announce, uh, the time on the show. And I'm going to start posting it on the website. And hi, I make promises all the time. Twitch people, you get used to this as well. So twitch.tv slash the 40-year-old boy. Go ahead and watch me play video games and shout and yell at monsters. That's fun. Last Friday, uh, I was involved in an epic struggle with a final boss. Now, I know what you're saying, Mike, you're 51 years old. Uh, That should never happen unless it is a true final boss in real life. And what you mean is you quit your job before you killed yourself. So that guy was absolutely your final boss, literally and figuratively. Uh, But no, there are final bosses in video games. And I, I fought one Friday. Brace yourselves. This is totally true. For four hours. For four hours, I fought a final boss. And uh, I don't want to give it away. But it, it was it was ridiculous. And there were people who jumped into the room, new people, older people, rooting, watching, uh, pining, dis- and also angry at me for not getting it done, but sticking around. And, and it was a fucking communal experience. And it was fantastic. I loved every second of it. And by loved it, I mean, I was frustrated out of my fucking mind and worried I wasn't going to pay off and make people happy. Uh, but I kept playing. I kept at it. 
I want, I, there were times I wanted to go, I'm going to save this till tomorrow. I'm going to quit or whatever. Let's just quit here. But I kept fucking going and, uh, and I had fun and I hope the people who watched had fun. It was really great. So twitch.tv slash the 40 year old boy become a person over there. And now new people who are here. Thank you. Now new people, these rest of these plugs are probably for you. I do them on the Twitch streams as well, but what the hell? You guys can get me at Mike and Mike Schmidt You guys can be my friend at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can follow me at twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. I'm also at Instagram and Snapchat. I'm Mike four zero Y O B. That's Mike four zero Y O B. You can find me there. I'm there lurking all the time. Uh, Instagram, Snapchat, also PS4. If you're a PlayStation four person, you want me to be your friend or add me to whatever one of your rating parties or whatever the fuck. Uh, I'm, I'm Mike four zero Y O B on PS4 as well. So please do that. Instagram, Snapchat, Mike four zero Y O B. Uh, and also, uh, what else did I just say? I just said something else. PS4. That's right. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm available on the Cameo app. If you get the Cameo app to your phone, go ahead and download that motherfucker. And then I will go ahead and contact your friends and tell them fantastic things about you. Or I will contact your enemies and tell them fantastic things about you. Download the Cameo app today on your phone and find me. And uh, hire me to do a message for you or the people you love or the people you hate. I I have no discernment at all. I will record a message for anybody. Now, I won't say just anything. If you're like, hey, Mike, I I want you to record a message for Big Chungus. I'll know you're trying to lure me into some sort of meme nonsense, and I will deny, deny, deny. I will turn down that request. However, if you're like, hey, Mike, I really want you to talk to my cousin Peter because he's off to Stanford in the fall, uh, then I can warn him about all of the pitfalls and, and, and I will ask him, how do you like them apples? Quite frankly, I'll go ahead and say that to him. <laughs> hey, buddy, you like apples? Well, your cousin got me this fucking cameo for you. How you like them apples? I can't do a Boston accent, but I'll try. If you pay me on cameo, why not? We got sponsors of this show too. Hey there, Twitch people. You like podcasts like mine, which is your, what you're listening to right now. Well, I'll tell you what, here's, an, here's a podcast that's even better. It's fantastic. It's called The Paranoid Strain, hosted by our great friend Fearful Jesuit. It's available in the iTunes store right now. He sponsors our show, so you know he has amazing taste. The Paranoid Strain debunks conspiracy theories to and fro. It tackles things head on. It, uh, you know Things like, uh, well, the Flat Earth Show is up now, and of course, the Sovereign Citizens, that's up. Uh, 9-11, he took that on in a two-part thing. Um, QAnon, I mean, all of those conspiracy theories, anything floating around that you hear that you think, what the fuck, these guys are idiots. Uh, well, Fearful Jesuit will go ahead and reinforce that opinion and show you exactly why they are fucking idiots. He will debunk, he will destroy, and he will diminish. And you should go ahead and listen to him right now with his friend Dana, who's always lurking and chiming in with brilliant bits, at uh, The Paranoid Strain, which is available in the iTunes store now. Uh, you can also send him an email note at Fearful Jesuit, no, I'm sorry, Fearful Jesuit at The Paranoid, nope, The Paranoid Strain at gmail.com. Hi. The Paranoid Strain at gmail.com. Write him a note there. Also, if you want to just review his show, that'd be great. Do that in the iTunes store. Make sure you mention that you heard it from me, your new Twitch friend, your new pal. Tell him you love the show because I told you to love it. Well, I told you to listen and then you loved it. Whatever you want to do. But it can't hurt improve uh, or it can't Im- hurt uh, relations with our friend Fearful Jesuit if he knows people are listening because we told him to. So please go ahead and leave a, a review in the iTunes store or contact him via email and make sure you tell him that you learned of the show through us so he knows that this is an effective way of handling his business because I demand that he handle his business that way. Do you want to drive Uber or Lyft when you're not twitching or doing important things? Of course you do. Well, I'll tell you what, if you want to drive for Lyft, you can use my code, Mike720057, and that's uh, all uppercase letters, Mike, all caps, M-I-K-E, 720057, that's double zero. Uh, you can use that if you're a first-time driver to Lyft and try to earn some cash. You can use that if you're a first-time rider to Lyft 
And I think you get a discount or two, and then I get a spiff, which is totally cool. Same thing with Uber. You can use my code. Now, this is all lowercase, D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E, D-J-Z-W-1-Y-T-T-U-E. You can go ahead and uh, be an Uber driver and use that code, and I get something. And if you're an Uber rider, a first-time Uber rider, go ahead and use that, please, and that would be fantastic. Also, go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com, go to the merchandise page, and there's an Amazon link. If you click on the Amazon link, boy, does that help us out. We get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfect. It's a great symbiotic relationship for all three of us together. It is is the best three-way you'll ever be involved in. Part of that is not true, and by part of that, I mean all of that. But uh, use our Amazon link. Go to MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go to the merchant. And also, if you're new from Twitch, go look around the whole website and look at the fucking artwork done uh, by a genius who I'm going to get to in just a second. But uh, go to find the uh, go to find now the what an idiot. Um, the Amazon link is on the merchandise page. Click on the Amazon link and you're shopping on Amazon anyway. It costs you nothing extra and it gets us a, a crazy spiff. And I love spiffs. That's who I am as a guy. I'm a guy who's I'm a spiff lover. That's what I am. Uh, so please do that and find it and make it work. I would uh, love it very much. Uh, also, if you oh, so wait, so that's the website. That's Amazon Paranoid Strain. Uh, oh, the YouTube channel, which I've told you guys about. Go ahead and check out the YouTube channel because it's got all of the archives and and uh, and all of that stuff. You know all about the archives. Those exist and everything's fine. Um, I, that just seems weird. <laughs> now I'm, I'm soft selling that. <laughs> Go, they exist. Everything's fine. Uh, go fucking check out the archives, man. They're, they're 11 years of this show you're hearing this week, and you're about to hear one of the shows directly from the archives. And why did I choose this one? Well, I'm about to explain to you why I choose this one. Um, it, it's February, so in my mind, I was like, you know what? I did a show that was my Black History Month show, and I thought about using that one. But in my brain, I went, eh, you know what? I kind of, uh, I think I may have actually used it as a, as a, a repeat once before, as a rerun, I should say. Um, it's a, as a greatest hit, if you will. Um, so I, I started thinking, well, which one can I use? What should I do? And then I came upon, you know, an idea where uh, people always ask me, they're like, what is, the, what is the best artwork for your show? What is your favorite artwork that David's ever done? And I always have a pretty easy answer. You know, it's, oh, so, so you know, before I get into this, let's talk about this. David Hernandez, David Max Hernandez, he is, uh, he is one of my best friends in the world. He is my consigliere. He is uh, a, an incredibly talented man, a renaissance man. He's a music guy. He is an artwork guy. He does all of the music for the show. Any, you're about to hear after this, you're going to hear the old theme song because I, I've, I've kept the episode I'm about to post intact. So you've heard uh, in the beginning here, you've heard the new theme song. And then at the end here, you're going to hear the opening and closing theme songs from year uh, two, I believe it was, or maybe even year one. Um, I don't know. Year two. And I'll, and I'll explain why. But anyway, David Hernandez does all the artwork, does all the music. He's just he's just a phenomenal talent and a great friend. And I'm lucky to have him on both counts. And uh, people always ask me, they're like, well, wh- where can I find David's work? And I go, dudes. Go to artbydmh.com, A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. That's where you'll find uh, previous work that David has done, like his Valscapes and his Guy Cons. You can see work he's done, uh, what he can do for you. He works in oil. He works in watercolor. He can work in basically any milieu or any medium you would want him to. You got to contact him, though. Uh, you know, this shit ain't free. You can get him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. Contact him through there, but also reach out and be his friend there. He likes friends. So if you're on Facebook, go ahead and find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez. And also reach out there via messenger and say, hey, dude, you know, I'm, I really want you to paint a, a, a picture of my hedgehog or my gerbil. 
Uh, he works in animals. I mean, he's been doing a lot of gorillas lately. So if you have a gorilla off, I'll tell you this, you got a gorilla, he'll paint the fuck out of that gorilla. So please go ahead and contact David if you want a gorilla painting. Uh, but he does amazing work. I mean, he's, and his turnaround time, uh, you know, for, for a project, if he's not like crazy bogged down, the guy just does fucking great stuff. I can't, I can't tell you enough good things about my relationship with David and all of what he makes this show. He, ma- he makes this show better. You know, his artwork, his music, all of it. And so people ask me all the time, what is your favorite artwork David has ever done for the show? And uh, and I have a stock answer. It's not a stock answer. It's a real answer. It's the true answer. It's the one because, they, I look, I love everything he's done because he's done. If you ever, if you ever get bored uh, and you want to know, you want us to just see brilliance, go flip through my, my profile pictures in Facebook and look at the artwork from years past. Like when he painted me as Gary Newman or he painted me as David Lee Roth or he painted me, uh, he painted a tool uh, video still with me in it. I mean, he just does astonishing work. It's so good. But my favorite artwork that he ever did for the show was called Gapping the Bridge. And it's, uh, it's Little Schmitty with a huge smile on his face, leaning against a bridge, uh, the post of the bridge and behind him, the bridge is completely engulfed in flames. Because I thought it said everything there is to say about me and that show. Certainly at the time. I mean, things have changed a little bit. I've grown up a little bit. But at the time that that was, that was painted, uh, it was during the time I did Mark Maron's podcast. And then he didn't put it up. And so then I did a show about how it, it hadn't aired. And I was starting to you know, wonder if he didn't like it or whatever. You know, Because, you know, I was a fucking misfit. And I still am to a certain extent. Uh, but at the same time, that at that moment, I was kind of contemplating it on the air. And then all of a sudden, listeners started contacting Mark Marin because you guys are great. You guys are fucking cool as hell. And, and, uh, I have a, like I always say, I have a smaller than, than some of the big podcast listenership, but I will stack you guys up against their fandom, uh, for, for rabidity. You're rabid, you're fucking cool as hell. And you support in a way that I don't know if any other podcast has the kind of support that I'm talking about. So, uh, you guys then contacted Marin and you're like, Hey, when's Mike Schmidt show going to go up? Hey, how come you haven't put up Mike Schmidt show yet? And then I got an angry email from Mark Marin. <laughs> he was not happy and I don't blame him. You know what I mean? It was because I was my fault for letting the can out of the bag and talking on the air. Cause you know what? That guy can handle his fucking show any way he wants to. If he wants to record me now and put me up in 2026, he can fucking do that. That's fine. But at the time I was like, you know, Small guy looking for respect and small guy looking to be noticed. And hey, look at me. I did Mark Maron's show. We fucking put me on. I, and I'm sure I came off like that, but I didn't mean to at the same time. But I was worried that it wasn't going to air. Whatever the fuck. Who cares? Whatever I had going through my fucking rat trap, fucking mousetrap maze of a mind back then. You guys took it and ran with it and wrote him a bunch of notes. And then he wrote me a fucking email that was uh, it got to the meat of the matter. Certainly not as much meat as Joshua would get to the meat of the matter, but still. Uh, and so then I did that on the show. I talked about how, you know, I just, I can't basically can't help it to getting in my own way. And then Max painted, uh, gapping the bridge, which is me just, you know, happy gleeful that a fucking, that a bridge has been burnt and I love it. It's, it's, it says everything there is to say about this show. Uh, certainly back then, at least, you know, things have changed going forward a little bit, a little bit, but back then that's who I was. I, I used to, people used to ask me to describe the show. I'd say gleeful jagoff. Like a, just a dude who does shit and, and doesn't really think about it and thinks it's funny afterwards and then has to deal with the fucking fallout. <laughs> and that guy still lives in me and he comes up occasionally, but I've done a, a pretty decent job of throwing a lasso around him and, and, and wondered in the interim if that made me less interesting or less, uh, less of a podcast. Uh, and, and whatever, who cares? It's, it's the battle I fight. But anyway, the point is, new Twitch people especially, 
People would ask me, what's your favorite artwork? And I would say, Gapping the Bridge. And it was the one with him with that. But that was my favorite artwork for the show. Okay. That was absolutely my favorite artwork for the show. The favorite artwork I think I've ever, that I have that David has ever done. Now, again, I have, I have a framed picture of, of me. He painted me in a big little Schmitty mascot suit, which is a fucking fabulous painting. But my favorite artwork that he ever did, uh, that David ever did for this, uh, you know, for an episode of the show, Gapping the Bridge, but for the show in total, uh, when we were talking, I, I did a show and, and, uh, I talked about that. All right. Mex did an image called skull pie and I don't want to give away too much about it, but, uh, that's the artwork you're looking at right now on the iPod. If you have your iPod, you have it setting, uh, that's this week's artwork. That is this, this image you see right now, take a look at it. That is my favorite artwork that David ever painted. And uh, the reason being because that was early on in the run of the show and he heard this episode and we decided we were going to do merch and he came up with that image. And I, I love the look on little Schmitty's face. And this is because little Schmitty, you know, he used to be in a striped shirt. I mean, David had all of these prototypes and this was the, the, the look that when I saw it, I went, that's it. This is fucking it. And it's funny. We were trying to decide at one point I was talking to him. I'm like, well, you know, is there a cleaner look or whatever? And he gave me a logo version, like a kind of a cartoony comic booky logo. And it just stole, it was good. You know, it was good, but it took all the personality out. The watercolor is the, is it's the essence of this show. It's the look of this show. And so when we were deciding on merch, I saw this and then I was like, well, is there a different way to do it? And then he showed me the other way and I was like, no, this is it. It's got to be watercolor. It's this painting, this painting that you see, the look on his face, the, the stance, the blueberries, uh, it, it's, it's just a perfect image. And, and when you hear this episode, you'll understand why. So he did not get to paint for the first year of shows. Uh, it was the, 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 the image that I used was a picture of me. Cause I hadn't really teamed up with David just yet. I was doing a show and actually, you know, the first year I was using Van Halen songs as, as the intro and the out and lyrics that would matter to whatever I had said in the show. And sometimes other songs as well. It would, I'm sorry, it would always open with a Van Halen song, but then it would close with a song with lyrics that would be, be relevant to what I had talked about. Uh, but obviously we can't. Then I tried to sell them, you know, and I couldn't sell them with the fucking copyrighted stuff. So we went ahead and put the, uh, David did the theme song for year two, and we want to put that on all of year one, which is available now on YouTube. So the point I'm getting to, the bottom line of all of this is my favorite artwork David has ever done for this show because it defined the character for me going forward. It defined Little Schmitty is the character that you see right now, the artwork that you see for this show, Skull Pie. It was a t-shirt that was a limited run that I've always wanted to bring back. Uh, and it's a show that I don't think I've ever used before for people to rehear, but I think it's a really good way for new people from Twitch to, uh, hear what this show is and what it has always been. And it's also a great idea to bring back for people who've listened to the show because, you know, year one is we're talking 11 years ago. All right. This is 10 years ago. This show was, it was episode 25 of year one. And the episode is called you're finished. I'm not making any money talking these days. Good Christ, 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 Christ. Uh, I'm a dick, folks. I'm not going to lie to you. Still am. I guess I am a decent guy. Because I'm a, a, I'm a fucking jerk. Uh, and I'm not a jerk. I'm a dick. 
I'm not an awful guy, but I'm just, I've done so much ridiculous stuff. Man, I am, uh, man, I'm an awful guy. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. How are you? <laughs> this show's going to be a dialogue. And here's what it, here's how it's, what it's going to consist of. Hey, how you doing? And then I'm going to wait about 45 minutes for you to answer because I can't hear you. And then I'm going to go, that's interesting. Here's how my week went. And then I'll tell you all about it. So get ready for 45 minutes of dead air. You ready? How you doing? That's not dead air. I don't know what you're laughing at. Uh, coming to you live from the House of Lily. And uh, it's exciting. She's here. here. Here's, You know what? I'm driving here today, and I call her up, and I'm like, hey, I'm almost there. And uh, she goes, okay, uh, I'm going to leave the door open for you and just come in. And uh, that's a that's a crapshoot at Lily's house. That's a dicey proposition. I, I got no interest in that because uh, I still knocked because Lily's like, she's a burlesque dancer. So she's always, Lily is consistently, she's a fuck it away from being naked at any point. <laughs> wherever we go or whatever we do. Uh, and so the last thing, and because, and, and she doesn't, but the thing is, it's not even like, hey, I'm going to be naked because it's outrageous. It's I'm naked because that's what I do. That's uh, kind of my job. So the last thing I'm going to do is walk into her house unannounced because I'm going to walk in and she's, you know, gluing pink rhinestones to her nipples and going, hey, what do you think? Wow, I think I should have fucking knocked. That's what I think. Uh, because she's a burlesque dancer and we're friends, but then I wind up going to her shows and then she's naked and, uh, and that's, uh, awkward. I'm not going to lie to you. It, it's awkward then, it's awkward now, it's awkward in between. Uh, it's just awkward. You know, when you're like, you know, and uh, I'm with Karen and I'm, I'm like, hey, I'm, Lily's kind of naked. That's our friend. Very odd. Uh, and then they're trying to talk my wife into it and, uh, which is, you know, into either, you know, doing pickup for the burlesque thing or to dance. And, uh, and I'm just like, yeah. You know, part of me thinks that's great, and part of me thinks that would be the last time I ever saw my wife. <laughs> I would just be like, wow, you're good at this. You know what? Go forth. Run free. Go ahead and do this for the rest of your life, and I'm going to take off because I can't possibly be, the, you know, the, the husband in the shadow of your naked breasts. Uh, and I, not even that I want to be in the shadow, but just that I, I can't – I don't know. I don't know how I would do with these uh, with lecherous dudes staring at my naked wife. I don't know how I would do with it. Uh, you know, I, I talk a good game, and it sure seems great, but as we, we've we heard from previous stories, when uh, Horsecock Dwayne showed up, things change. Things get a little uh, iffy. You know, when I see Lily posing for pictures with guys with their tits out, all I can think of is her husband wanting to massacre everybody in the fucking room, and and and, and I'd be right there with him. I, I'd hold his coat. Certainly I'd do that, at least. If, if he decided to just fucking go bananas on everybody, I would certainly hold his coat in that instance. Uh, if not, uh, joined him in buzzsawing through a bar. Uh... That's my CD, by the way, buzzsawing through a bar. That's what I'm going to name it. Um, I don't have a CD. I don't have anything. I don't have a career. I have had a bad week. I have a uh, tough week. I uh, had some stuff lined up that fell apart, and uh, that, not good. Always bad when your future is affected by things that fall apart. I can't go into specifics. <laughs> I cannot go into specifics, folks, but I can tell you that it was bad. All right, so uh, what can I tell you, folks? What did I do last week? Uh, you know, I thought last week's show was going to blow, by the way. Let me go ahead and drop that on you. I was not happy with last week's show. I wasn't feeling it. I almost, I, I wanted to kind of get out of it. I, I, I do this thing, uh, and I've talked about this before, too. Uh, I'll be really funny, and an hour later, I have no idea that I was funny or ever funny or if I could ever be funny again. And I need to stop that, especially for someone who wants to have a career being funny. That's not good at all. you got to have some sort of swagger, and you got to walk around thinking you're good at this, 
And uh, and, and again, I'm not appealing to you guys to write me notes and go, oh, my God, you're so good. Uh, who cares? All right, because I know I'm good. I know I'm fucking hilarious. But at the same time, then when you, you lose touch with it and you'll get energized, like, like when the Sarah Palin thing happened. Man, was I energized. I sat down with a pen and just kind of started writing stuff and writing and writing and writing uh, and then realized, hey, this is 2008. You could probably type this. So then I said, I should go ahead and type this instead of writing it out like I'm in fifth grade. Uh, and Mrs. Shong is there going, hey, why aren't your, isn't your homework done? And I'm going, I don't know. I was double promoted and I'm lazy. So uh, Mrs. Shong, Mrs. Shong used to call me Mr. Schmidt. Uh, she was my teacher, uh, Miss Shong. Miss Shong was my fifth grade teacher. And uh, she would call me Mr. Schmidt, Mr. Schmidt, Mr. Schmidt all the time. And I would never turn in work. I was lazy. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Because uh, in fifth grade, it's <laughs> it started that early, folks. Let's put it that way. It started that early that I, I was not interested in having a work ethic or getting anything done. And uh, the fact that my parents were off uh, either getting high or dying, you know, that was probably uh, uh, not going to snap me to attention at any point. Although my, uh, whatever, dying later. But anyway, so uh, one time in fifth grade, uh, I did my homework. That's right. One time in fifth grade, did my homework. And uh, Miss Sean would always walk around and ask people of the answer or ask for their assignment, that kind of thing. And uh, she would always say, Mr. Schmidt, and I wouldn't have it. And I would have to put on some song and dance, uh, not unlike this show, to try to get out of whatever was going to befall me. And uh, finally, I did my homework. And she passed me up. Didn't even come to me. Because she figured it was Boyle Cries Wolf. You know, she figures, you know what, this guy doesn't have it. He's never had it. Why would I embarrass him anymore? So uh, Miss Sean walks right by me. And uh, she goes, she finishes, and then she didn't even ask for my homework. That's how bad it was, folks. She didn't even ask. Like, are you done? No, she didn't even ask. And uh, I should also mention, by the way, that I would get A's on every test because I was that guy. I wouldn't do any work or any homework, and then I would uh, get an A on a test because for some reason I could, I could remember stuff. I was always the guy who would fight against algebra. I literally was angry with algebra because I'm like, why do I have to show my work? We all know that X equals 18. Fuck you, show your work. I can go, right now, I don't need to write out all, look, X equals 18. We all know it. It's right there. And uh, so I would have, I, me and uh, Algebra and I would go round and round. But uh, Miss Shong in fifth grade, uh, she finally, uh, you know, she passes me up. And I, uh, I was so flabbergasted, I wanted to say, uh, what about Mr. Schmidt? And uh, so she finished everybody. And I looked up and I said, what about Mr. Shit? <laughs> and I call myself Mr. Shit in fifth grade. Uh let me tell you, that is not a good idea because stuff like that tends to stick. And uh, I was lucky because it was like nearing the end of fifth grade and we were all going into sixth grade. And then it was kind of a confluence of different kids. Otherwise, I would imagine I would have been Mr. Schmidt for the rest or Mr. Shit for the rest of my life, which would have been uh, horrendous. Uh, but yeah, I said, what about Mr. Shit? And I, I get, you know what? It's weird. You know, childhood memories, like you, uh, I think I told you like the time I had my appendix out and you, I had a suppository put it and I could still feel it. I can still feel the blushing I did in fifth grade when I said that I, I can still feel the heat in my face as everybody started laughing. Even Miss Shong started laughing, you know, and they weren't technically laughing at me. They were just laughing because it was like, what the hell is that? What are you, an idiot? Who blurts that out in the middle of class? And, uh, and just this intense... Feeling, it was the, the first time I was ever cognizant of being embarrassed, I think. And it was just, man, what a weird feeling. Uh, so, uh, yeah, why did I start talking about fifth grade? I have no idea. Homework. Uh, uh, lazy. lazy. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. So the, this is <laughs> this is why I've, I've stumbled into this life, folks. I, uh, uh, I was in, oh, man, here, I'll tell you something else. I was in fourth grade. Uh, and uh, my brother, my older brother is a goof. 
All right. I mean, and even from the jump, he was a goof back then. Well, we had to walk home together. He was in fifth grade. I was in fourth grade. And uh, my teacher was Miss Jimenez. And, uh, uh, you know, I, again, I fucked up and had to stay after class or something was terrible. And Lenny and I were supposed to walk home together. Uh, so he pops his head into the into the classroom. Oh, man. You know, maybe fifth grade wasn't the first time I was cognizant of being embarrassed. Actually, this is the first time. Th that was the first time I can remember really being feeling blushing and something I had done myself. Let's put it that way. Fifth grade with Miss Shong was the first time I was ever embarrassed by something I had done on my own. This in fourth grade was enough to, you know, I, it, if this was an episode of South Park, I would have you would have seen Cartman just hit himself in the head or just or just go weak I mean, because I'm sitting there. It's in, I'm being held after class and Lenny and I are supposed to walk home together. And uh, as I've told you, my brother would always sell me out to my mom or he was never, you know, he couldn't just, God forbid he walk home on his own. I could have gotten home, you know, he pokes his head in the classroom and it's just me in there with Miss Jimenez. And uh, he goes, Miss Jiminis, uh, what time is Mike going to get to leave? Because we're supposed to walk home together. Miss Jiminis. I mean, I'm in fourth grade. I know her name is Jimenez. Even without her even telling me, I knew it was Jimenez. Because I don't know, I was I've been reading since I was like two years old. I mean, I, I just for some reason I've always had that. Miss Jiminez, how do you look at J I M E N E Z, and and even make that into Jiminez? I mean, it's like like Jimenez. I would imagine you would say, or uh, even if you're just hard J, let's just go with the hard J. But you you destroy the whole thing with Jiminez, and it was so funny. I'm just sitting there, just like oh, rolled my eyes, like oh come on, honestly, you dope. What a dope. All right, how did I get in elementary school? <laughs> God, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I thought last week's show was not going to be good. I was uh, I was not happy about it. I wasn't feeling it, and I was not uh, I was not excited about it. And uh, I, I tried to get out of it. Actually, not not, not try to get out of it, but uh, I would talk and then stop, and I was just like, uh. but then Lily thankfully uh, was able to surgically uh, fix it for me and and take care of whatever she had to take care of, uh, uh, or else you would have heard a. a a lot more, uh, I'm sure, bad uh, nonsense. But then I listened back to the show and I was pleasantly surprised. Like I didn't, I didn't know. Uh, I'm think, and honestly, it was all saved by the Tool song at the end. I, I, once I threw that in there, I was like, you know what? It, it doesn't matter how bad it is. People are gonna get six and a half minutes of great because this song is fantastic. Because Tool is fantastic. Ah oh, man, I love Tool. All right. Uh, and the thing is, I don't know if you guys do that at your at your jobs. I mean, I, I know a lot of comics listen to the show, and uh, and and also civilians. And and I don't know if they're. Uh, uh, and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, again, uh, you know, we not all comics, but most comics call people civilians because they're not. Our lives are so weird, and so different from anything that you guys do. Um, it, that, you know, you're just, it's, it's kind of like being in an army. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what? I, I read, um, there's two things that I read that, w that were comparable to comics. I read Kitchen Confidential, which is a book by Anthony Bourdain. He's a famous chef and uh, he's written a few books since I've read, a, I read a, a couple of them, the foods, the food, the cook's tour. And, uh, he describes life in a kitchen and, uh, and talks about the, the masses, you know, like the, the customers and stuff. And, you know, that's very much what comics are like. I mean, comics are a, a closely knit uh, unit, and then they, they're, I don't want to say it's us versus the audience. I mean, we're all in it together, and we're trying to make it laugh, but at the same time, you know, we always talk about killing and destroying, and we murdered, and, and, and because, you know, that's kind of what it is. It's us against you guys. Um, maybe that's just me. Maybe, again, I'll, uh, <laughs> don't go up to comics and go, hey, why do you hate us? They don't hate you. I don't hate you. It's just that you're, you know, we're, uh, 
we're kind of looking for ways to trick you. Let's be honest. I mean, we're, we're looking for ways to make you do something you normally wouldn't do. Nobody walks around laughing like a jackass all day. Uh, we're looking at, uh, well, Lily does, apparently. Lily raised her hand, uh, which makes me feel great about this show, by the way. I honestly thought it was like genuine responses to what I was saying, but it turns out, nope, she's just a ninny. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, Anthony Bourdain, uh, reading that was very much uh, like, you know, about a close-knit community, uh, and it was, uh, it reminded me of comedians. And also, um, if you saw the movie Beyond the Mat, which is a documentary about pro wrestling, that is, I, I, I was stunned how much it was like comedy, especially in the fact that they were, they would show these like small town wrestlers, or, you know, wrestlers going to small towns. I've done comedy in those towns. Like they would go to North Platte, Nebraska, and they would go to Bemidji, Minnesota, and they would show them, they would just, you know, they'd be driving around in their rent-a-car and breathing, you know, the, you could see their breath and... And they're getting ready for the show that night, trying to kill time during the day. Man, I was I was really taken aback at how much pro wrestling tour is like stand up. And so, uh, uh, how did I get into this? I had no idea. What the hell's happening to me? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm literally stuck. I don't know what my point was. Was there a point? I don't think there was a point to that. Uh, there you go. Comics are like cooks and wrestlers. There you go. That's my point. Take that to heart. Any comics listening, uh, any cooks and wrestlers, feel free to send me emails that uh, uh, tell me how awful I am and uh, and wonder why I'm talking in circles. Uh, I'm an idiot. All right. My point. Did I have a point? I had a point. Oh, my point was whether people, like everybody uh, does that, where they doubt themselves at work. <laughs> I think that was my point, right? Wasn't that? I was trying to figure out if, like, because I, I was talking about comics and civilians. But I do that, man. I, I th I'll think I'm funny. And again, I'm not appealing for you to b uh, boost my confidence. Because uh, uh, it's just... Uh, you know, I I'll, I did a show last week. I, I did the ComedyFilmNerds.com show. And uh, went up and, and had a great set. And everything was... Uh, it was really good. And I, uh, Although I, I cannot tell you how much I was sweating. I, I, I don't know what the hell happened. I, I, I It was like... The old days when I was on stage, when I used to sweat like a, a, a madman, like I, once I got the surgery and lost a ton of weight, I kind of stopped that on stage. I, I, I wasn't sweating. I went through a week in Vegas once and didn't sweat the whole time. I was like, I was like, this is genius. Uh, but now the other night, man, holy God. I, I, and the thing is, I had a towel in my pocket the entire time and I'm pouring sweat. I mean, I'm, I'm crazy Albert Brooks broadcast news, dripping sweat all over the place. Uh, and, and I had a towel in my pocket the entire time, but I cannot think of a smooth way to take the towel out of my pocket and mop off my head so i there it sits there it sits soaking up whatever possible sweat is on that chunk of my thigh where my pocket lays as a river runs down my face and makes everybody in the audience uncomfortable every time i say a word with p in it and it looks like rocky getting punched it looks it looks like those slow motion shots of of uh, you know Stallone getting bopped in the head and the, and the sweat flying into the front row. That's what I look like when I'm talking, covered in sweat, and I, my face is shiny. You know who I look like? I look like John Paragon, uh, which is an <laughs> which is from a, a a special. He did a special called The Paragon of Comedy. Uh, no one knows who this is. No one has any idea. He was Paul Rubin's friend. I'll tell you that he was John B. the Genie. On uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Let's put it that way. That's that's who John Paragon is. And for some reason, when I was a kid, his special was called The Paragon of Comedy, and it stuck with me. He did a bunch of characters. And one of them, his face was covered with Vaseline. Like, it was the sweaty, like, it, it looked like just shiny, and he wore these uh, these horn-rimmed 
like Buddy Holly type glasses and a smoking jacket or a, or a robe. I forget. I don't even know what the character was. I just remember what it looked like. And I can imagine that's what I looked like the other night with my the shiniest head from sweat pouring down my face. And, uh, and as I'm losing weight in my head, like by the end of the show, I look like the guy who in Beetlejuice got his head shrunk. I mean, that's how, how oh, my God, brutal. Uh, but I did that show. Everything went great. I was energized. I'm like, dude, this is it. You know, you're picking it up, and we're rolling forward, and we're doing more stand-up, and we're excited, and da da And uh, by that night, I was I was back in, uh, you know, inertia and wondering what the hell I was going to do and what was happening. Like, I had completely forgotten that I was good at it. Or say, every time I do stand-up, I go, man, you're really good at this. Why don't you do this more often? Uh, I say that to myself out loud. I on stage, I'll say it. Maybe that's why I don't get booked because I, I wind up having a self-examination right on stage in front of everybody. Man, I'm really good at this. How come I don't do this more often? And they're thinking to themselves, well, because you turn every show into a goddamn therapy session. That's why. Because we came here to hear dick jokes and you're sitting there self-analyzing yourself in front of everyone. No one wants to see that. Make us laugh, goof. Uh, not unlike this show. Uh, as I sit there and talk and uh, analyze myself, and people are like, look, this is not what we bargained for at all. This is a waste of our earbuds. Uh, this is, seriously, I, every time I put in my earbuds, I'm losing a tiny amount of hearing, like a fractional amount of hearing. Uh, this isn't worth wasting my hearing on. You know, and, and when I'm 60, I'm going to be I'm gonna be deaf, and I'm going to be like, you know what? If I hadn't wasted all those hours listening to Schmidt babble on and on about himself, Christ, I could be, I could be hearing shit till I was 62. I lost two years of hearing, thanks to you, you hump. Sorry. <laughs> oh, but so I did the comedy film nerd show and it went great. Uh, despite the fact that I uh, I turned into a before and after picture on stage as I lost 19 pounds talking. That's how stressful it is, folks. I lost 19 pounds talking. It's because I haven't been at the gym, man. I haven't, I haven't done any like lifting. I've just I I'm. I live under a blanket. I just have crawled into a hole. All right. I need to see a light. Anyway, uh, comedy film nerds is fun. So uh, it was great. And I think they're doing more and more of them. I don't know. Uh, all over the place. Coming to a city near you. No, that's not true. But uh, they're going to do a bunch of them, I guess, or maybe once a month. And I'm hoping to be involved if they'll have me. I don't know. Uh, if, you know, as long as I, uh, you know, bring a towel and uh, and clean up. <laughs> <laughs> because man, I can't even I can't stress it enough. I got emails about how, how sweaty I was. That's how bad it was. People actually felt they needed to type. Uh, wow, are you okay? Because uh, you look like you were gonna faint from loss of salt. Uh, I, I'm never gonna lose salt. By the way, I don't care how long how much I sweat. I will never lose an, uh, enough salt. I here's what I did one time. You know, I, I insured this when I was in high school once. I was in high school, and uh, as a bet. Here's what Mike Schmidt did as a bet his sophomore year. Mike Schmidt bet that he could drink an entire salt shaker, and uh, uh, it turned into a it turned into a, an entire lunchroom of people putting money down. And because uh, at first it was like uh, I, I was like, well, if I have a, it, it became a philosophical discussion. When when you're 14, this is where your philosophical discussions are. Uh, you're sitting there and you're saying, uh, you know what? Um, I, I wonder. Why is there even a salt shaker on the table? I mean, we're in high school. Who puts salt on their food? Like, it made no sense to me. I couldn't understand it. And, uh, and I said, you know what? I should just eat all the salt. Like, I'm, I'm going to take all of the salt and just, you know, we should throw it away. And they're like, you know what? I'm just going to eat it all. That'll teach them a lesson. I don't know how it evolved into that. And everyone was like, you can't eat salt. I'm like, what are you talking about? You can eat salt. And uh, and uh, this might, maybe if I would have paid attention in school, I would have understood what they were saying. Uh, but they were saying, like, you shouldn't eat salt, basically. 
Uh, and I said, well, no, I, you know, I go, it's ridiculous. They even have salt shakers out here. They're, they're, this is stupid. I go, I, I'm going to eat, you know what? I'm going to eat, I'll bet I could eat a shaker of salt. And the guy's like, there's no way you can eat a salt shaker, a, a shaker full of salt. I go, yeah, I can. Absolutely. I can. And then everybody started talking about it and they're like, all right, well, you're going to do this. And I'm like, all right, well, I can't do it now because lunch is almost over. We'll do it tomorrow. So then in high school, all you have to do is give something a day. And then it goes around in this this weird, like, you know, all of a sudden it becomes, did you hear? Mike Schmidt's going to jump from the top of the school into a salt shaker. I mean, it just becomes this crazy rumor and story. Uh, so, we, you know, we sleep on it. And uh, uh, because I had done other things like this before, like one time I had chugged a can of high C. I think I'd mentioned this on another show. Uh, I, yeah, I chugged a can of high C. So, uh uh, I was that guy. I was, I was the. I was uh, apparently I was the the sideshow of high school. If high school's a carnival, I was the guy you paid a buck uh, to see eat a monkey head. You know, so uh, I had been in a sliders eating contest. Oh, this is awful. This is I, folks. Let me apologize for this story before it even comes out. Uh, and that believe me, that sentence is going to absolutely make sense when I finish this story. I was in a contest for eating sliders, and what they would do is they would have, you know, a freshman against a sophomore against a junior against a senior. Uh, that's how it works, and I had to say it that uh, meticulously. So they would have someone from each class go head-to-head. So uh, I was, uh, was it junior year or sophomore year? I don't remember, but I was entered into the contest uh, probably because of my, my history of eating salt. So uh, I get thrown into the mix, and uh, there was a guy, a class ahead of me named Mike Norris, who uh, had eaten... Uh, over 100 sliders in a sitting once uh, with my brother Lenny. My brother Lenny my fr- and uh, his friends Gar and Norris had gone to White Castle, and I think they ordered 300 sliders after football practice and, and mowed through as many as they could, but supposedly Norris had eaten like over 100 of them. And, uh, uh, you know, because your bodies are developing, you want to push them to limits. That's what you want to do. It's like any great athlete. You're going ahead and seeing what you can go ahead and accomplish. Uh, so, so I had done all sorts of shit like that. I, I had, uh, so I get put in the slider eating contest and I'm not against Norris. I'm in my heat. So I don't know if I'm going to get Norris later or whatever happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm not hip to what you do with an eating contest at this point. Uh, and again, you know, sliders are mostly bread. Sliders are, by the way, if you don't know, they're like White Castle hamburgers. They're little, uh, tiny hamburgers. So we had to eat 10 and you had to eat 10 as fast as you could. So we sit at the table and, oh, you know what? It was a heat for my class to see who qualified to be in the final for your class because i remember i had to go against jim utosh who was in my class and i'm sitting next to utosh and i'm giving him the evil eye because i apparently uh, even then took everything as seriously as i possibly could i was competitive to the point where i was like you know what fuck you utosh i'm killing you in this slider eating contest and jim's probably like yeah but i'm gonna graduate so (laughs) jim had that on me so uh we're sitting there and I'm, uh, I'm literally, like everybody else is just kind of sitting down and they're not taking it seriously at all. I'm standing up and I'm in a sprinter's position. Like I'm, I'm literally, I'm like leaning like this and I've got my hands out and I'm leaning over the table over a plate of sliders. And uh, everybody else is, uh, you know, my friends and people are like, this is hilarious. And everybody else is just like, what the hell is wrong with this idiot? Uh, so I'm leaning over the sliders and I'm looking and I'm actually looking at people and I'm just like, all right, yeah, that's right. Sliders. Are, and I'm going and they blow the gun or the whistle or whatever. And I just start shoveling food in. So I'm shoveling it in and I'm shoveling it in. I'm eating and I'm chewing and I'm eating. And I'm chewing. And I, I foolish. I like they're going one at a time. So I figure, well, I'll just put three at a time in my mouth and work that. So I got three in my mouth and I'm chewing. And I'm going bananas. I'm, I'm eating and eating. And uh, I swallow the first few and then I swallow the next few. And uh, 
it's working because they've got like eight on their plate and I've only got five. So then I figure, you know what? I'm going to absolutely coup de gras these motherfuckers, and I'm eating all five at once. So I put all five of these sliders, and I'm chewing them one bite, one bite, one bite, thinking I could one bite swallow. But the previous five have dried out my mouth and my throat. So now it's in my mouth, and it's like I'm chewing on a pillow. I mean, it is just this huge... It's a salty pillow. It is just like a big, and I'm chewing on it, and it's my mouth is full, and uh, and people are starting to catch up to me now because they are smartly eating one at a time, and I got a mouthful of goo. Like I mean, I can't, I can't swallow it. It's just, and the thing is, you can't use water, so I'm in it, and I'm like elbow deep in slider plate, and I'm going to work, and I'm just chewing, I'm chewing, and everybody's like, "Come on, Schmidt, what are you doing? You're slowing down," and everybody's eating, and they're and they're and they're beating me, and Utah is catching up, and other people are catching up. And, uh, and I'm, I'm finally, uh, I do the only thing that I think is going to work. I spit everything out of my mouth. <laughs> All five of these chewed sliders come out. And it's just, everybody just goes, oh, because they thought I threw up. But I didn't throw up. It was just like, it was what I was chewing on. And, uh, and everybody goes, oh. And uh, apparently them going, oh, and groaning wasn't enough for me. I was going to need more of a reaction from them. So I went ahead and ate everything that I had just spit out of my mouth. Because let me tell you, folks, it was very important that I win this slider eating heat. Uh, and oh, my God, that was a great album, by the way. Slider eating heat. That was from the Allman Brothers back in 72. Uh, Eat a peach, I think, is off that album. Slider eating heat. So, uh, yeah, I, I like it. I, I just kind of spit it out. Like, and I didn't like projectile. It. it was obvious that I wasn't throwing up. Like it was a strategy. It was a clear strategy. And uh, I, I spit it out and then immediately just like hoovered it right back up. And it was like this noise. Like, everybody just goes, oh, oh, and uh, but I won because uh, obviously pre-chewed food a little easier to swallow. if It's not all jammed into your head. And uh, and uh, let's put it this way. Not a lot of people shaking my hands after winning that heat. Uh, and quite frankly, I'm sure everybody else was like, hey, I didn't want to win this that bad. I don't know. But that was me. I was like retarded, like competitive. I was weirdly competitive. So I was like, fuck it. I'm winning it. I am winning this. Uh, even if I got to uh, bust out a, a, you know, a, a regurgitation move and did and won it. And uh, and then I think they decided that sliders wasn't a good idea, like the, the school administration. <laughs> Because then, uh, now I, I had advanced. I had advanced in my uh, to the eating finals, and uh, I was in uh, against us. You know, a guy from each class now was going to be involved at a school assembly, and I had a big school. I had about two thousand people in my school, so it's in front of the whole school. It was called. It was during uh, homecoming week. You had uh, class competition, so juniors against seniors, against sophomores, against freshmen, and they would all, uh, you know, uh, you'd compete in candy sales and you'd compete in all sorts of things and the guy you know you'd have, you'd have to build a float who cares so uh so there's this eating contest and they don't tell us what it is they just say you know there's a contest at the assembly today so they take us aside and uh, and my face by the way is painted red and black because uh, uh again i didn't care at all in school all i cared about was like the football team and about you know the basketball and and socializing i didn't give a shit about work uh or doing any work and again this is why i didn't graduate from high school i was a guy who just you know they and, and because they hated they hated the fact that I wouldn't do any work at all, and like I said, then I would get an A on a test. When I was in world, I was in Mr. Harvey's world history class, and he would do a quiz at the end of every week, like a, a fifteen question quiz, and I would I would be done with that quiz in three minutes, 
because I would answer questions as fast as I could write and read. I would be reading and writing the answer and reading to the next one and writing and turning it in. And, uh, uh, you know, I would, I would, sometimes I would get all 15 right, sometimes I'd get 13 right, but never, never less than that. And I would turn them in, and he would just shake his head because he'd be furious at me because I wouldn't turn in any homework, but then every quiz I would get an A. So I wound up getting like a, you know, a C in that class because it balanced out. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let me catch my breath. I, haven't, I don't think I've stopped talking in, in nine minutes. I wind up in the eating contest. And I show up and they, uh, you know, my face is painted red and black and I'm all Mr. School Spirit and I'm an idiot. So uh, they put me in like a lab coat. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, what, what are we eating, soup? What the hell's happening here? So we all get put in lab coats and they take us out to the center. And what it is is they take a uh, pint of ice cream, uh, the old school box pints, and they put that in like a pint tin and they cover it with whipped cream and cherries and nuts. It's a, it's a sundae and you had to eat an ice cream sundae as fast as you possibly could against the other people in the class. And uh, and I'm like, well, you know what? Again, I'm standing there. I'm in a runner's position. <laughs> They've got chairs for everybody, but I am not sitting down. I am far too excited because, again, everybody in the school is there, and they're cheering and they're yelling, and uh, and people are they're chanting Schmidt, 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 which is, like, unridiculous, you know, again, because that's all I care about. I don't care about work or anything. I just care about socializing with my friends and that. And uh, And they're like, all right, go. And uh, I, it was so funny. Everybody just kind of put their face. I, again, I had a strategy. That's how sad I am. Everybody put their face like into the sundae and just started to like eat the sundae. I hoovered up all of the whipped cream first. <laughs> like I, I hovered over it and went. <sighs> like I sucked up all of the whipped cream completely so that it was gone. Like and it, like super fast, I inhaled it. So all that was left was like the big br- the brick of ice cream and then like you know the cherries and the the fudge or whatever. And then I. I just started eating chunks of this ice cream and swallowing it. Like everybody else is just kind of like they're putting their head up or whatever. I was I was eating through it like I was Papillon with a piece of bread. I was just trying to do anything. Like a, I was like a you know a prisoner of war who had just found a, a, a rat with a bad leg. I mean I am going through it. I am working. Chomp, chomp, chomp. I think. I think I ate it in 12 bites. I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't give a fuck about my teeth. I didn't care about the ice cream headache. And when you were done, you had to turn around and run to your class. That was the whole deal. Like, you know, you also had, cause you had to not just, you know, not just say I'm done. And, uh, so I went through this, this quart of ice cream and I look and nobody else is even done with the whipped cream yet. And uh, I am just like one, two, chomp, chomp. And then I suck up like all the cherries that were left and I just stand up. And I look around, and I'm telling you, it, the loudest noise. Like I remember now at this point, just the from the, from the, my class, just this weird like. <sighs> and I just turned around and fucking sprinted as hard as I could, and and, uh, and got to my class. And they're not even they, again. Nobody else is taking this seriously. Nobody else is is eating at any sort of quickened pace. They're all just like enjoying an ice cream sundae. But I am out to bury these cocksuckers. I am. I am like you know what? This is glory days for me. And uh, and I won. I don't know. And I won nothing. You know. So what? We uh, you won points, and we got the spirit stick, uh, which of course I stole. Uh, and I framed it, and it's at my house. That's what I do. That's how. That's what I celebrate. I have the spirit stick at my goddamn house. So uh, sometimes I'll just have Mex and Dennis over, and we'll st- stare at it and discuss the good old days. So, and they were good for me, not for them, because they have uh, lives and kids now, and I have nothing. So. But that was, yeah, I won that. I won the ice cream sundae eating contest. And it was, I got to admit, it was good to triumph in such a fashion after the slider debacle, which I won, but still did not look good doing it. 
you know, because I, you know, a part of me is still Sidney Dean. I'm still Wesley Snipes from White Men Can't Jump. I, I want to win, but I want to look good doing it. Uh, so that's what happened with the ice cream contest. That's what happened. I, I had my red and black face covered in some whipped cream. I got a lab coat on, sprinted off to my friends. Done. Winner. Uh, and then, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I wasn't even going to talk about this, but what the hell? Why not? We're here. I was in a pie eating contest once. This sounds like it's so funny because now this this food, this you know, the, the, the professional eating league and, you know, the ESPN coverage and the hot dogs and Joey Chestnut and all those people, it's 10 years too late for me. If I, if I had, you know, if I didn't have the, the bypass surgery, and honestly, I watch those shows and I hate them because part of, I think I told, I, I said this when I was in, you know, I used to be able to, I can chug, I can chug beer and I can chug beer really quickly. But also to me, it's important to not spill any of the beer. I mean, there's nothing worse than chugging against a guy who'll wind up with a shirt full of beer. You're like, dude, you lost. Like, you're covered in beer. The whole point is to be neat and quick. And when I watch these food eating contests and I see guys with, like, food all over themselves, I'm just like, dude, you're that's not good. Like, I would want to, I would be the guy who would come in. I would almost be, like, the British gentleman of the eating contest. Like, whatever it was, like, hard-boiled eggs or soup or whatever the hell. I don't know if there's a soup-eating contest, by the way. I have to, I think that would be a lot of fun. I don't know if it would be, uh, you know, viscerally exciting for television cameras. Just some guys chugging some soup. Uh, <laughs> you know, a soup-eating contest would be tricky. Because then, because you're, you're, obviously you're picking up the huge bowl and you're drinking the broth, but then you got the chunks that you got to eat through. That's all. You know what? That's it. They ought to come up with that. Seriously, a soup-eating contest would be good. Because then it's like, that's a true test. Because your belly's filling up with the broth, and then you got to work your way through the wontons. Uh, that was a lot of alliteration, that sentence, by the way. Your belly and the broth and working through the wontons. That was nice. All right, I'm a poet. So, uh, soup eating contests would be fun. But, it, so, but I, I, again, I see those contests, and I think to myself, man, I should have, uh, you know, I could have been involved in that uh, as a crazy fat guy. But then that's even worse. Just being a fat guy and taking the stage at, at the eating contest, you have some pride. Seriously, don't do that. Get a, a job. But then again, it's easy money. I mean, if, you're, if someone's going to pay you to eat, you know, deviled eggs for, uh, you know, 15 minutes, then do it. Whatever. That's our society. That's you know, that's that's the society that's going to elect a woman vice president because she shot a moose. <laughs> the, the same people who think, hey, why not have a career eating Pop-Tarts? Yes, of course. That's what you should do. Let's, you know what? Colleges should just have a, an eating major. They should just train you to do it. They should have eating teams. They should just take it because, again, America, we're all gluttons. Everything is, is gluttonous. Whether you're even if you're thin, you're gluttonous in your attitude about the obese. Don't you? Don't you fill up on hating people who are fat? Yes, you do. Suck it if you lie. So uh, and nobody likes fat people. Let's be honest. How rude is that? Uh, I'm a fat guy. But as a fat guy, I can say that, uh, you know, because I'm on the end of it. I'm on the other end of being uh, of the, the stares and the hatred. And you know what? I'm kind of on board with it. Go ahead. Hate me. Because uh, if you hate me because I'm fat, then you're missing all of the other uh, uh, fine aspects of me, the laziness and the sloth. All right, so <laughs> so I'm in a pie eating contest once. And again, I, I'm very big on, uh, like I said, being neat. Like I don't, like if you're in a, and again, this counteracts the slider story. But again, that was my first experience in this. This is my first, you know, uh, th that was horrifyingly bad. So uh, I went up, I went to Knott's Berry Farm uh, with uh, this woman uh, who I was living with at the time. Uh, which I can tell you her husband was not fond of that. <laughs> that was not, he was not happy with our living arrangement with me hanging out with his wife all day and uh, him going to work as I was at his house. Oh, awful. Uh, I am not a good person. So I, uh, 
I went to Nathbury Farm one day. Nathbury Farm is a, is an amusement park here in California, and uh, I went with her and her do, her two daughters. And her two daughters were uh, were they twelve and ten, twelve and eleven, something like that. So uh, we went as a, you know we were a good family. We wound up going out to Nathbury Farm. <laughs> A woman or two daughters and the guy who's banging her on the side right under her husband's nose. That's good. Uh, I have. I am a guy. Uh, yeah, I've, I've. I've worked a lot of married chicks, and that's not a good thing, right? That's bad. When I was in Tahoe, we used to. That was our goal. We used to say, "All right, look, we're getting married chicks tonight." Like that was our thing. We actually, and we actually came up. With, this is again. This is the life of a twenty twenty year old man. Uh, we came up with a fraternity name for it, uh, Pucus Schnatus Flabicus which meant I fuck married women and I don't shower. That was our motto. Me and my buddy DJ and a couple other guys, that was our motto because we would bang married chicks that we'd find in the clubs. We'd find them under tables. We'd find these married women and work them. All right, so uh, as I slept in my, uh, you know, on DJ's floor, and we had a wall covered in women's underwear. Anyway, so that was the worst. We would actually, you know, that was your thing. You had to bring home underwear from who you tagged. And, uh, and then we'd hang it on the wall. And then DJ would bring girls to his room. And there's a wall filled with underwear. And yet, uh, that's how charismatic a performer DJ was in the sack, apparently. He was still able to pull tail with a wall full of strange underwear. Uh, which, by the way, is my favorite place to visit when I'm in Europe, the wall of strange underwear. So... I will, I will go there. It's my, it's, I make a beeline for it right off the plane. I just I get off at Heathrow, and I go to Piccadilly Circus, and I take a left. There it is, the Wall of Strange Underwear. So I think actually every country has one. I think everyone in your everywhere in Europe anyway. Here in America, very puritanical. We don't have the Wall of Strange Underwear. However, in Europe, every country you go to, you'll find a Wall of Strange Underwear. So, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, that was our deal. Is we would bang married chicks in Tahoe all the time. And and then like you know like swap stories like the next day you'd wake up and we'd all go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and talk about who we nailed so and then we'd unveil the underwear uh, which you had to have in your pocket and pull out and go ta da you actually had to say ta da and put it on the wall of strange underwear so uh, <laughs> I made a lot of mistakes as a youth and as an adult so uh, I'm at Knott's Berry Farm uh, with this woman uh, who I'm not going to name uh, her name is Kathy who cares and uh, and uh, her husband's at work. So we got nothing to do all day because, you know, the kids are with us. If the kids weren't with us, well, then we'd be, you know, fucking all day. But now the kids are there, so let's go to an amusement park hey, uh, and spend some of John's money. I'm a bad guy. So we wind up going, and uh, and as we're walking through the park, it's fun. I mean, we're having a good time, you know, because I got along with the kids, too. They thought I was – they probably thought, uh, who's Mike, you know, mom's weird friend who's always here in, in our house and then all of a sudden living here. Uh <laughs> But then we come upon a pie-eating contest. And uh, one of her daughters is like, uh, her, you know, Kathy says to her daughter, she's like, you know what, you should enter that. That would be, you know, funny. Because she was looking for photo ops and, you know, to take pictures of her. And and she's and they were, they were like the cynical kids. They were like, no, I don't think so. You know, I, you know, they, you know, when you're 12 and 11, nothing's cool. You know what I mean? Nothing any adult is involved in is cool. Anything you go, hey, that would be cool if you did that. Nope. Not doing it. I'm very busy being a youth. Uh, and hating everything. But then one of her daughters said, uh, she was like to her mom, she goes, you should do it. Cause they thought it would be funny to make her mom do it. And then they're, they, then I was in, like, they're going back and forth. You should do it. No, you should do it. You should do it. And then there's silence and all of their heads just kind of turn and they look at me. 
And I go, uh, you want me to do it? And then like, yeah, go ahead. That might be funny. And I'm like, all right, I'm in. So there's a pieting contest at Knott's Berry Farm. And there's, uh, again, not unlike, it's a little smaller than my previous eating contest experience as far as crowd goes. There's not 2,000 people chanting Schmidt, Schmidt, Schmidt. But it is a, it's a, you know, there's still like 60 people there gathered around a podium with pies. And uh, I go up and I go, I'll sign up. And so I go on stage and it's me. And then there's a couple of kids, of course. And then there's a grown man next to me and, uh, and another grown man next to me. So there's probably like, I think there was five adults and five kids. And, uh, and I sit down and they, and they put the, you know, you put a towel on your neck or whatever. And uh, <laughs> I, I, they, they go, all right, are you ready? And I turn around and I look at this little kid next to me and I go, you're finished. <laughs> Such a stupid thing to do. <laughs> that was so stupid. <laughs> Just, when you look back at stuff that you've done, when you look back, oh my God, what an idiot. What a fucking idiot. This is why, this is why I'm 41 and I live in a one-bedroom apartment. Because these are the things of my life. Oh, Christ. I look at this kid, and he's just, he's all happy. We're all happy to be in this eating. You know, it's, it's a night at the, you're out at the amusement park. We're just here to have some fun. And there's a kid next to me, and I turn around, I look at him. You're finished. Oh, I call the kid out. Oh, Jesus, that made me laugh. All right, so just remembering it makes me laugh. <laughs> just the look on his face. Just this weird look like, huh? Like, like, are you going to, what, are you going to beat me up after this? I mean, it's just, but I thought it would be funny. Like, I wasn't even, again, I wasn't, it wasn't mean, it, but it was just, it's really funny to me to do something like that. To just, you know, you're finished. Right in the kid's face. So, uh, they put the pies in front of us. And uh, uh, my previous strategy of hoovering the whipped cream uh, is out the window, folks, because this is a blueberry pie. Now, if you know anything about blueberry pie or fruit pie, it's, uh, you know, it's 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 gelatinous. I mean, it's like fruit. It's like eating a bowl of glue. I mean, it's like, you know, the crust, and then you got to get through to the, I mean, the fruit is just, it's just like spackle, but without the, the, the really hard parts. So, because we've all eaten spackle. I think we all know about that. So, uh, I look at this pie, and then I, I just look around. And the you know the you're finished kid is not even he won't even turn his head now. I mean like he he wants nothing to do with me. He won't turn and look. He's just like you know what I'm gonna get through this and we're gonna I'm gonna go ride the salt and pepper shakers because I want nothing to do with this guy. So uh, again, as you know, I'm very competitive. The gun goes off, bang, and I and I'm standing up again. Everybody's sitting down and like laughing and like getting pictures with grandma, and I. Go like I am in the Olympics. I eat, first thing I do is I eat all of the crust from around the thing. I go bang, bang, bang. I'm standing up and I so I can get, you know, all the way to the other side of the pie. I eat the crust all off the top. You know, I don't, I don't even mess around with like, you know, putting, because a lot of people just put their face right in the center. Ha ha, it's all about the cute photo op covered in blueberries. Not me. I'm winning this fucking thing. So I, I 
blazed through the crust. So now it's just an, a bowl of glue. Like it just the, the crust is gone. I've taken the roof off. Now I got to get through this, you know, to the basement. So I immediately I start to I hoover up the filling. Like I'm not gonna just like because you can't eat glue. You can't bite glue. You gotta suck it up. So I I bite through the crust and I eat it and then I go and I I hoover up the blueberries till they're gone. I mean, they are gone. Like, I, I mean, I, I almost made the plate clean. That's how crazy it was. Like, I just, boom. I mean, I ate a pie, folks. I ate a pie in, like, 40 seconds. I blaze through the crust. I hoover up the glue. I look around. People are still, I mean, they're not even through the crust yet, and I'm done. So I, so I, literally, I, I'm standing up. I stand up, and I look out at the crowd. And I just look down the aisle, and I just go, oh, it's like a nightmare, isn't it? Because that was from Color of Money, when Tom Cruise is winning, and he can't stop winning. He, he goes, it's like a nightmare, isn't it? And it's like, and I, I'm standing there, my pie's gone, the organizers are just like, what the hell just happened? Because there's still a little crust, like, I left a little bit, because I wanted to gloat. I didn't want to just finish it and go, I'm done. I actually stood up and I did a, uh, I, I looked into the distance, which then later on in my life became the stew look, which I'll explain in a second. But have you ever seen like a battle-scarred warrior standing on a, on a war-torn field and he stops and he just looks off into the distance as the wind blows through his hair? That's what I did. I stood there and posed. While everybody else is trying to eat their pie and laughing and their family is having a good time, I'm standing there with my arms across my chest looking off into the distance. With like, and, like, and neat. Like I'm not, I'm not covered in pie. I got, I got pie on my lips, of course, because I had to do the Hoover move. But uh, I'm standing there. I'm clean. You, I don't even look like I was in a pie eating contest. I look like I might have eaten a piece of, of blueberry pie and I got some on my face. And I have dispatched a pie in 40 seconds. And now I'm going to stand there and just taunt. And I look into the distance. And I go, it's like a nightmare, isn't it? <laughs> and I look at the crowd and they're just like. So then there is a pocket of people who are like, that was amazing. <laughs> like they're on board. They're, they're stunned by it. Like even then they're just looking at me in awe, with awe. Like who, who's this robot from the future sent to demolish pies? And uh, uh, that's what, and that's what I was too. I was like, I, I literally, I'm like the Terminator of pies. Like I would show up and I would, uh, you know, are you Betty Crocker? <laughs> like that's, uh, you know, come with me if you want to eat. So it's like I, I just, but I kill this pie. I fucking destroy this pie. And I mean, I just, it, like, literally, just I, you know what? I one punch knock out this pie. That's what I did. I absolutely one punch KO this pie. And uh, and now there's a little bit left. And I look around. And the best, here's the best part, is I look out. Kathy is just shaking her head like, oh, man, I knew you would do something stupid. But she's still laughing like she thinks it's funny. But, she, you know, because you have to admit it's funny. I'm standing there. Ta I, first of all, I taunted the kid before it started and then backed it up and cleaned house on like 20 people who were just out for a fun day at Knott's Berry Farm. I assassinated them in a pie eating contest. Massacred the whole lot of them. Just like left bodies in my wake. But not only is Kathy laughing, this is the best part, cynical crazy nothing is cool 12 year old and 11 year old daughter children could not stop laughing <laughs> thought it was the greatest thing they'd ever seen in their lives because you know because they because the kids that age are so used to being treated like kids but they want to be adults that's the secret with, with getting along with like any kid between 10 and 14 they want to be adults so bad and they haven't grown into 
the the cynical teenager, I hate everything just yet, they're in a limbo. So if you treat a kid like that as an adult, they're going to love you forever. And for some reason, they recognized the adult moment of me being a child in front of everybody. I don't know what it was, but they... I mean, like they were practically laying on the ground, holding their bellies, laughing at, at how ridiculous it was. They got the foolishness of the situation. And uh, so then I, I like looked over at the kid. The kid was still eating. And I looked at the other kid, the, the man, like because there were two men. And I looked at, I leaned over to this guy as he's eating. And I just go, I'm done. <laughs> like I like stopped looking and he's eating. He's like, you know, he doesn't care. Nobody cares. But I care because it's funny to me. And I lean over. I've got just like a little pie in my face. I, I finished the, the rest of it. I put down my, and I ate the, the crust. And I lean over and I go, I'm done to the guy next to me. <laughs> oh, it was gorgeous. That was the fucking best. And, uh, and I came off and like I said, uh, the two the two little girls then when I came off the stage, because you know what? And by the way, you know what I won? Jar of blueberry preserves. Because Knott's Berry Farm is like famous for their jellies and stuff. I got like a blue ribbon and a jar of blueberry preserves. I don't want to eat blueberry pie for the rest of my life after eating one in 40 seconds. But that was the ironic prize. Like they, they should have just given me a pie. Like that would have been even funnier. Christ, I wish I had a videotape of it though. I mean, I wish I wish I had some some record of it just to look at that kid's face to see him when I you're finished. And then to stand up, to taunt, to pose, and then just go, "I'm done." Like right in the guy's face. He's still eating. His children are there. I took his manhood. I took your pie-eating manhood in front of your whole family. Suck it. You know what? You're not allowed to eat pie ever again. I'm not I'm not even I'm not even talking about eating pie for speed. You're never allowed to eat pie again. Because I just fucking destroyed you. I, you know what I did? I, I'm like the predator, dude. I ate a pie, pinned you down, and ripped your spine right out of your back. And now I hold your disembodied skull over my head and I taunt you with it. I'm going to eat pie out of your skull, you fuck. I'm going to fill your skull with pie and go to work. Take that. <laughs> That's what it felt like. It was so funny. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's I've I've done that. Stupid, stupid shit like that is hilarious to me. It is hilarious. I would do it now. I would do it now. All right. Uh, what, I, how did I get on that? Oh, you just, <laughs> here's Lily. Like, she's trying to pretend like uh, she's not involved. She just mouthed the word salt, uh, which is true. Uh, I knew it. Uh, 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 it's because, all right, so I was in high school, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go into this. How sad is that? How do you follow the pie story? I shouldn't even tell it. That pie story was genius. I forgot all about that until just now. Oh, I'm going to eat pie out of your skull. I want a hat that says that. I'm going to eat pie out of your skull. You can buy those hats. You can go to those, you know, those stores have the place where you can buy a hat that says something. I want a hat that says that. I'm, I'm getting it. I wanted a hat. Here's a, the hat that I wanted. Uh, this is funny. Um... I wanted a hat that said fuck chick hoop because uh, I'm not a fan of women's basketball. Maybe you are, and that's great. Maybe you enjoy seeing the 20-foot set shot. Maybe you enjoy watching women play basketball from the 50s. That's fine. But uh, I'm not a fan. It's not something I enjoy. So uh, I wanted to get a hat that said fuck chick hoop for the longest time. I wanted to get it. And uh, I, finally, I went when they came up with these embroidery joints where they would make hats. Uh, I went to a place, I go, you make a hat that says anything. 
They're like, we'll make a hat that says anything. Uh, I was in the Mall of America, and I said, all right, I want a hat and I, that says fuck chick hoop. And this guy, he's like, he was like a 22-year-old kid. He's like, what? I go, yeah, it's like, you know, I don't like women's basketball, and it's like a joke with some friends. It's an in-joke, and so I want a hat that says fuck chick hoop. And uh, he goes, all right. And uh, he was going to make it. And then uh, uh, the, the guy who ran the stand said, no, you can't do it. Because we were at the Mall of America, and the guy was afraid I would wear it around the mall. And I, I said, I go, look, I'm not a psychopath, like, who's, you know, who's out to start fights with women's basketball fans. It's an inside joke with some friends of mine. And uh, he's like, look, I can't do it. I go, I will promise not to wear it. I go, I, honestly, you could stable the bag shut. I don't care. I go, I, and, and you know what? I understand now where the guy's coming from. At the time, I was furious. Uh, because that's me. That's I'm Mr. Furious who gets angry. Uh, not the mystery men, Mr. Furious, but uh, <laughs> just, that was uh, was it Ben Stiller was Mr. Furious in that movie, right? Wasn't he? Uh, <laughs> sad. Was it funny? No way. I've never seen it. I have not watched it. Uh, I know Paul Rubens is in it, but doesn't he? He's, he's disgusting though, right? But isn't he like? Doesn't he have like zits or is that some weird uh, thing? He's brilliant in it. Well, Paul Rubens is great though. He was on 30 Rock. He was great. I mean, he, does, he just does great things. Uh, there's always rumors that he's going to play at the UCB. At, uh, uh, they're trying to get him. Like, he almost came to CDR one time. Comedy Death Ray. They almost had him, and, uh, and something happened at the end. Uh, but that would be phenomenal. How, how much would you pay to see him do a show? Yeah, no kidding. Me too. Uh, hi, folks. I'm just talking to Lily. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, so sad was that. Adding more fuel to the Get Lily a Mic Fire. But honestly, would you want Lily to have a mic during I'm going to eat pie out of your skull? What's she going to say? She's just going to laugh uproariously and then collapse. And it would just be louder. Oh. So uh, I understand now where the guy was coming from with the hat. Like he wouldn't make me a hat that said fuck you, Coop. Uh, you know, at the time, though, again, I'm, I'm angry. But, uh, but I understood it. But then finally, uh, a few years ago, a Chicago comic named John McDonald, I had told him this on the road one time, and I didn't even remember mentioning it to him. And uh, he goes, hey, I got something for you. He gave me a hat that says, fuck chick hoop. <laughs> so I actually own the hat now. And uh, I actually, you know what, I think I did I did get the hat from my friend Dennis. I think, did I? I must have. I don't know, I'm confused. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think I might have gotten it for him, but now I have my own. Basically, is the bottom line. I have it. And, uh, and you know what's weird? The first place I wore it, Mall of America. <laughs> I actually booked a flight to Minnesota, <laughs> got off, uh, drove past their wall of strange underwear right to the mall. <laughs> I forgot to mention there's one in Minneapolis. Actually, it's in St. Paul. Uh, but they're the Twin Cities. They share a wall of strange underwear. Why not? Uh, so I'm in high school, and uh, <laughs> it, it turns out, like, I'm going to eat a, a shaker of salt. Uh, uh, and that sounded like a, a Jimmy Buffett lyric, didn't it? Did that sound like, that sounded like looking for my lost shaker of salt, right? I'm eating my lost shaker of salt. So, uh, by the way, can somebody shoot Jimmy Buffett in the face just so white people are sad for three days? All right. Uh, I don't get it. I don't understand the Buffett thing. I don't know why. Uh, he, it was funny because Pardo and I, you know, I would imagine if you listen to me and you listen to Jimmy because we were, we were together for a long time and then you hear us separately and we hate a lot of the same things. We hate sandals. We hate uh, Jimmy Buffett. We, you know, we hate those things. And it's not, you know, it just, it just so happened that's, that was why our show was so great because we hated everything equally. 
except I think I hated myself a little more than Jimmy hated me, <laughs> if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, although, as it turns out, maybe not, since I got whacked. So, <laughs> but yeah, we hated those things equally. So when you hear me like take off on Buffett, it's not like I mean, just we just both hate him. Uh, and I just I can't stand just baseball hats and fraternity guys and oh, it's so funny. There's I have XM radio, and there's a uh, Kenny Chesney has his own station. And it's called Flip Flop Radio or, or something. And it's all, he's trying to be the new Buffett. So these people are like, you know, yeah, man, we got some uh, margaritas and, you know, some sand and some Chesney. Yeah, that sounds awful. I, I you know, honestly, I, I don't want to be, you know, that sounds like something you would step in in the sand. Oh, Christ, I stepped in some Chesney. That's not good. I can't believe I went barefoot. There's Chesney all over this place. Christ, I need to wear some shoes so I don't step in the Chesney. <laughs> so, uh, I was going to go to eat uh, uh, the shaker of salt. So, the, you know, I have to prepare myself the next day, and I don't do any research. I just figure, well, it's going to be easy. Uh, so, the next day, you know, it's, it, it's almost, it, there's, and again, if you've ever been to a title fight, there's that feeling in the air. <laughs> so, there's this thing, and people are betting, and they're laying down money, and it's, it, it's uh, you know, it's going to happen. And I, I go to sit at uh, the table, and there's a full salt shaker. And uh, my only requirement was, and this, uh, this may have been why I chose to do it in the first place. I said, I need seven chocolate milks because I'm going to need that to not, you know, to power down the salt. And uh, so I might have done this whole thing just to get seven chocolate milks. Like it was just a casual utterance that I dropped. And then I saw a way to work a milk scam. So I'm at the table and, uh, and they, you know, I get the salt shaker and they bring me the seven chocolate milks. And I, uh, again, I have a flair for the dramatic folks. So I, I, you know, shake my arms out, and then I have the milks, and I line them up in like a semicircle around the salt, and then I shake them up, and I open them. I shake, I go, and I'm like, one, open, two, shake, open, three, shake, open. Like, I took, I might have taken six. I, I completely Ed norton Art Carney these milks. Like, just, you know, I, I did everything I could to milk the moment, and I'm opening, the, I'm shaking the milk and opening it, because I want it open to pound the milk uh, into my as I'm swallowing the salt. So, all right, these guys are like, let's go, let's rock this. I take the cap off the salt. Salt is filled to the top. I tip my head back. I take the salt shaker, and I pour an entire salt shaker into my mouth to the point where you could see, like I could look down and see the salt out of my mouth. Like it's it's like a little mountain of salt that I, you know, because I say I didn't swallow it. I filled my mouth with the salt. And you could see it above my the, my lips, above my mouth, like it, it was there. And then, and everybody's just like, he's not going to do it. He's going to spit it out. There's no way he's going to do it. And uh, I swallowed and then just started chugging milk. Boom, boom. So then it was like drinking salt sludge, like, but chocolatey, salty sludge, like the, like the worst but I'm doing it, and I'm swallowing the salt, and I'm drinking one milk, two milks, three milks, and the salt flavor is not going away. And I thought, well, by the third milk, uh, you know, I'm going to get rid of the salt taste, and then the next four milks are just, uh, you know, that's like gravy. That's home stretch. Fourth milk, fifth milk goes down, still salt. I mean, just brutal. It, and, it, and, you know, swallowing salt, it, it feels like I drink a glass of sand. I mean, it's like it has to go down your throat, even with the milk involved. Which turned it into like a, uh, you know what it turned it into? Like, you remember cocoa wheats or grits? It, it had that kind of a, a of a texture. It was like swallowing salt 
and chocolate grits. I, I can't even explain it. But imagine drinking an entire salt shaker and just drinking. So then I get to the sixth and then the seventh milk, and I'm still salted up. I mean, like, I can still, it just, my mouth is starting. I, so I go, I need more milk. <laughs> of course, I immediately think that's what I need is more milk. I don't know why. What I really need is an ambulance. But I decide more milk is the way to go. Uh, so I drink four more milks. I pound four more chocolate milks. I make someone go get them, and I pound them. And I'm sitting there with a belly full. And I, by the way, I'd already eaten lunch. <laughs> I ate lunch before the big salt uh, extravaganza. That's how confident I was. Because I figured if I had a lunch in there, if I had a, you know, like a, a nice solid base, it would suck up the salt. And we'd be rocking. Everything would be fine. So I finish, I drink the salt, I drink the milks, and it's just like, oh, like nobody can believe that I did it. Money is exchanging hands. I think I actually won 40 bucks, which, you know, when you're in high school, that's like a retarded amount of cash. So I won 40, and then other people bet on me, and it was, you know, all this money changing hands. Uh, you know, it, it, you know what it looked like, uh, like the, you know, the, the back room of a kitchen where guys are throwing dice or like the belly of a ship where guys are just these illegal bets on what's going to happen, and all this money's changing hands. And, uh, and I'm sitting there, and after about, uh, I'm going to say like three minutes, uh, yeah, three, maybe five, five at the most, I start feeling it. Like I start feeling this weird like rumble. Like I, 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 you know when you're going to throw up and your mouth starts to water furiously? I'm sitting there. And it starts in my throat, like my throat starts watering. Like I, I know, I don't know how that, to explain it, but it was like my throat started to fill up from from saliva or water or something. And I go, and I'm sitting there, and I looked at a uh, uh, a guy sitting next to me, and I go, uh, "All right, are we done here?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, we're." And I go, "All right, I'm gonna go throw up." <laughs> and I wasn't planning on making myself throw up. I just knew I was going to. And I wanted to be calm about it. Again, I'm all about neatness. I'm all about, I don't want to like panic and run out of the, you know, the, the crazy lunchroom like a psycho because then everybody's going to be like, ha ha, Schmidt. So instead I got up and I was very cool about it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to take off. I got my 40. Everybody's got their money. Everything's cool. And inside it feels like a, a salt fetus is trying to climb out of my body. Like it is the worst. I am, it is the, inside, like, you know when you you start your car and it goes like, zhu, 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 zhu. that's what I feel inside my body. Like, it's like spasms uh, and just a salty fist is punching at the walls of my stomach. Just wham, wham. Just like weird waves of, of, of salt and, and anger. And uh, I walk. And uh, we uh, in my high school, the lunchroom was central to the school, and then you had to walk in any direction and go through like those doors with the the push, you know, chung chung like uh, a push handle. So I get to that handle and I push it, and uh, and as it closes behind me, I run as fast as I can. I sprint to the bathroom, and I get to the bathroom right by the uh, uh, the history uh, where where all the history classes are, and I duck into the men's room, and it's it's on its way out. And I get into the stall right when it all flies out. Eleven milks, a lunch, and uh, and that all comes out, and it's like, and it all is salty. It's all terribly salty, and uh, and, and, and but it's not like uncomfortably salty. It's all just like, but it's just it's salt. It's like, oh my god, here comes this lunch and eleven milks and the, the salt, which is fine. All of that comes out first, and I'm like, oh, and then the salt comes out, and I mean, it just. It marches toward, uh, you know, the my mouth like Sherman through Atlanta, burning everything in its fucking wake. 
this salt comes charging up and it is it is just rampaging out of me and it's just like that and i'm i'm dry heaving uh but not dry heaving it's salt it's like pure salt is coming out of me just like oh my god like i could have let's put it this way if, if it was winter i could have done probably three driveways by throwing up on them because it was just nothing but pure blasts of salt coming up some of it dry that was the scary part. I'd even drank eleven milks. It was in my stomach, and some of it came out like you were like you were just dropping sand on the beach. Like, oh my god! I look like a dragon, like a salt dragon. That's what I, just like I'm spewing salt, just like this, and I'm, I'm probably making weird noises. And uh, I, I, God forbid, anybody walked in or walked past, because you know what? Literally, if you walked in the bathroom or walked past, it was such an awkward, unbelievable noise. The only thing you could say would be. Boy, that guy's throwing up salt. He's got to be. That's the only thing that could be happening in there. That is the noise you make when you are throwing up a salt shaker and 11 milks. Because it was this just this anguished cry. Like I, like I was trapped alone in the desert with no help, and I had nothing to do. And, like, and the foxes were going to eat me. And it was just like terrible. It was awful. Uh, I, I I don't know. I can't. Uh, so, yeah. that And I don't even know if there are foxes in the desert, folks. I have to be honest. I don't know if there are foxes in the desert. I don't know if they eat humans. Foxes might eat humans, don't they? Uh, if I was a fox, I would. Desert fox. Desert fox. So Rommel ate humans is what you're saying? That's what it was. Rommel ate people. Uh, all right. So, uh, hey, wait. Is this recording? I don't There's no bumps. Oh, okay. I, lo- I just looked at the laptop. I Folks, don't ever let me look at the laptop when I'm recording at your house. Uh, hey, uh, so I'll tell you this. I'm supposed to do the Battleship Retention podcast. I, I'm supposed to tape it this week. Oh, that doesn't mean, so it's probably not out yet. I don't know when it'll be out. Let me just plug them anyway. Battleship Retention is a, a podcast. A couple of uh, really good guys, David and Tyler, talk about movies. They've had me on once before, and uh, I'm taping a podcast with them this week. Uh, and I don't know when it will air. I will let you know, or you can just go ahead and subscribe to their podcast too. What the hell? What are you doing besides nothing? <laughs> Uh, you guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. Go ahead and write me there. Go ahead and write me at uh, MySpace.com slash MikeSchmidtComedy. And uh, uh, please, by all means, write me uh, notes telling me what a gluttonous fuck I am and how I'm a jerk and everything else. Uh, or write me with praise and tell me how uh, you can't believe how brave I was to tackle on the salt uh, obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. And also go to myspace.com slash Mike Schmidt Comedy. Go ahead and write a review at iTunes. That would be kind of cool if you did that. I would appreciate it. And uh, also remember to subscribe through iTunes if you haven't already. Uh, and get a new, you know, if you're, if you're a Zune user, uh, you know what? I don't know if you saw it yesterday. They just released a new iPod Nano. So now's your chance. <laughs> now's your chance to, to go leave your Zune out in a field where it would prefer to be. And then run away and uh, like, you know, like I did with a dog when I was a kid. We had to do that. Uh, I didn't want to do that. My mom, We took this dog. My mom, we actually did the thing where they drop a dog off in the field and we left. Like this dog, Rocky. Uh, so all you people who are mad that I threw a cat, now you can be mad that we dropped Rocky off in a field. Uh, wasn't my choice. Again, that was, that was my mom. She got high and said, let's dump off the dog. So. So Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, MySpace.com slash MikeSchmidtComedy. Uh, also subscribe in iTunes, leave a review in iTunes. Remember, you can buy Never Not Funny Season 1, and you can hear uh, me and Jimmy Pardo as we uh, and Matt Belknap as we all hate on Jimmy Buffett and sandals and flip-flops. Uh, go ahead and buy Never Not Funny Season 1. It is uh, amazingly funny and also a source of income for me. Let's do that. Let's all give Mike some cash. And uh, also go to ComedyFilmNerds.com because I'm going to write a review of a movie that I saw this past weekend that was awesome. 
Uh, and uh, I'll just tell you, it's called Man on Wire. If you get a chance to see it, see it. Because it will, uh, at, at once, it will inspire you, it will move you, and it will also shame you into realizing you've done nothing of import with your life whatsoever. If you're anything like me, you need to see it because it is fantastic. And uh, Man on Wire, I will write a review. Although I guess I've kind of tipped the review. <laughs> you don't have to read it, I suppose, because uh, I probably won't write it. Because, uh, again, I have no drive or uh, work ethic. Uh, so that's why I was shamed by this film. So, so if I wrote the review, it would be just a self-fulfilling prophecy. So get me in all those places and write me all those notes, and uh, I'll be in Scotland before ye. Okay, so. Uh, but, yeah, I saw Man on Wire. Amazing film. Uh, I, I can't stress enough that you should see it. Uh, but maybe see it in a nicer theater than I saw it. Although, you know, the theater I saw it was nice. It wasn't so bad. But Karen and I went. And I should say that Karen made me go see this movie. Like, she found it and was like, we should go. And uh, I, of course, was like, no, I'm doing nothing. Why would I want to go see that film? Uh, but then I went. And, and, I'm, uh, and again, it made me feel bad about doing nothing. So uh, I see it. And it's fantastic. But it's in the theater. It's a theater I went and saw. I told a story in another episode about when I went and saw a movie about Darfur called Darfur Now. And it's a this like activist indie theater, uh, so like you know it's the you know the popcorn's ironic. It's like that kind of place. So uh, we uh, we show up at this theater and we're sitting in these and they got new seats, thank God, because they used to be small seats. And uh, I I hated them because again, big fat guy. Even when I was crazy fat, I barely would squeeze in. But now still, just as a fat guy. But now they put in these new seats. Like the, the arm comes up and you can sprawl out. It's awesome. So uh, the the on the screen. The, the public service announcements are very different from, you know, you go to other theaters and you see commercials for Starburst and for Chevy and you go to this place and, uh, you know, they have like a monk setting himself on fire, telling you, shaming you about you know, the world situation and, you know, a trivia quiz and a, and a scramble. And when you unscramble the words, it's immigration. You know what I mean? It's like, that's not fun. Who's that fun for? Like the worst theater puzzles of all time. So, yeah, nobody, nobody wants to see a rebus about AIDS. I mean, I don't want to see that. You know, that's not interesting or entertaining for anybody. It's just depressing and sad. You know, nobody wants a Sudoku that when you wind up solving it, it's the phone number to a charity organization. I'm not interested in that. I'm just killing some time eating some milk tuds. Back off. Uh, and then, they, But the best part is they came up with an ad, and it, it, was a, uh, it was a guy, it was a naked guy, and he had an inner tube around his waist. And it was like, hey, you were the life of the party last night. Don't forget to get checked for syphilis. And I'm not even kidding. That's what it was. Just because it's it's in a predominantly gay area of town. It's very close. So I guess those people are having pool romps and then the next day winding up with strange bumps. I have no idea what's happening to those folks. Uh, but I, I understand what it was for. It was, an, you know, it was a, hey, go get checked. You know, we're all having a lot of fun, but don't forget to get a needle in your ass and make sure you're not infecting others. So this ad comes up probably like three different times as we're waiting for the film. And then finally, Karen goes, I don't get this ad. I go, what do you mean? She goes, what do you mean? You get syphilis from an inner tube? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I go, no, honey. It's like, you know, people who have risky sexual practices the night before had a naked pool party, and then uh, they wound up getting syphilis, uh, but now they have to go get a test. And then as I'm explaining it, I'm going, you're an idiot. Why are you even, you sound worse. I like her explanation a lot better. You got syphilis from an inner tube. But then uh, I said to her, I go, yeah, it's just to go get syphilis. And then there was a beat, and, uh, and she's like, oh, okay. And we're just sitting there. And then I go, we should go get syphilis tests. And she says, uh, uh, okay, wait a minute, why? I said, to make sure we don't have syphilis. And she goes, okay. She's eating her popcorn. And she goes, wait a minute, how do you catch syphilis? And I said, judging by the frequency of these ads, I would assume it's sitting in this theater. 
<laughs> it was almost like I set her up for it, but I didn't. I swear to God. But I just was like, yeah, you know what? Judging from the fact that they're showing these ads a million times, I uh, I got to be honest. Maybe just being here is a danger to us. Certainly, I'm not naked, and I don't have a fucking inner tube, but I feel like I got to go get a checkup after watching a movie in this theater. If you're going to warn me that many times that there's a communicable disease in my future, maybe I think twice about getting the popcorn. Holy God, folks. I mean, seriously, if you got to warn me that many times, that doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, you might as well just have a doctor on call right there in the theater. Because, I mean, I'm feeling a little itchy watching this film as it is. I, I, seriously, I, I'm feeling a pain in my balls just thinking about it as I'm sitting here watching this incredible film that you've warned me so many times. guy i am not a good guy but i don't think i'm a bad person overall so uh and go ahead and by all means judge that <laughs> i'm kind of a jag off i got the future what am i talking about but i am a jag off uh, and i'm not a jerk i'm a nice guy it's just i guess i have jerky tendencies i've done so much ridiculous stuff and then i, I wonder afterwards i'm like man how come i don't uh, hang out with anybody here's why because you're a dick You're fit, 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 you're fit.